listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Oh, yes. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning, Friday night, wherever you happen to be listening in the country. Appreciate you checking out the show. So the theme of the week and even the night has been quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. They are in the news. We've got a blockbuster trade, a trade that wasn't exactly a blockbuster. Monster re-signing, and we have criminal charges dropped. It sounds like I'm doing a Ben Maller thing here where I throw like three things out there and then combine all... I didn't even mean to do that at all. It's just that's what the news has been throughout the week. Now, I'll get to the latest news with Deshaun Watson being cleared of criminal charges. But first, if we go in order here throughout the week, it's been a wild week. We've talked about for a long time the quarterback carousel and what dominoes would fall first and what dominoes would fall next and all of that stuff. So if you start at the beginning of the week, the first domino was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers decided to return to the Green Bay Packers. Not a shock. I thought that it was more likely he would stay than go. It became clearer and clearer a few weeks leading up to the decision, right? The the NFL Honors Show where it was all lovey-dovey and Aaron Rodgers is thanking Matt LaFleur and his well-groomed eyebrows, and it just seemed like Aaron Rodgers was going to stay put, and he did. And then 20 minutes later, shock city. Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. Now, what I think about these two deals here, I think, one, it's, it's hilarious that Aaron Rodgers does a lot of things for attention, and he had 20 minutes of attention, <laughs> right? He's, he re-signed, and then this Russell Wilson news completely overshadowed the Aaron Rodgers news. I found that to be pretty funny. But the, the big story throughout the week was the Russell Wilson trade. Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. Denver has a real quarterback now. And so I guess if you boil it down to which move gets the headlines, of course it's Russell Wilson. A lot of us didn't see this happening. Gosh, it was just a week ago, a week prior, that Pete Carroll was saying he didn't foresee any trade involving Russell Wilson. And then, boom, he's on the move. So, of course, the headlines have everything to do with Russell Wilson going to Denver and Denver giving Seattle a haul for that quarterback. But if you get away from the headlines and the interest factor and if you talk to one of your buddies or your dad or whatever, anybody who loves sports, chances are you were talking more about the Russell Wilson trade than you were about Aaron Rodgers re-signing for obvious reasons. It's the bigger story. It's the sexier story. It's the one we didn't see coming, right? But if you boil it down to this, which team do you expect more from in 2022? Is it the Packers or is it the Broncos? That's where my mind goes. And to me, in terms of expectations, if I'm laying a significant amount of money in Vegas on a bet of who is going to go further, who's going to have a better regular season record, let's just keep it simple, right? Who's going to have a better regular season record, Packers or Broncos? My money's on the Packers all day. And it's the the rule of real estate. It's location, location, location. And the Green Bay Packers in the NFC North, that is a much easier path than what the Broncos have to deal with in the AFC West. The AFC West is freaking loaded. It is absolutely loaded. And so Russell Wilson going over there, it's a really interesting move. 
I like it that Denver finally did something uh, big. They took a swing because they certainly didn't the year before when with the uh, a top 10 pick, they went with the cornerback instead of either Justin Fields or Mac Jones. So they, uh, they didn't swing last year, but they swung from the heels this year with a lot of compensation to get Russell Wilson. I love what they did. I really do. They've got a legitimate chance to make significant noise. But I think that's the best way to take a step back from the headlines. The Broncos getting Russell Wilson, that's the bigger headline than Aaron Rodgers re-signing. But which team will do more next year? And it depends on your definition of do more. I said better regular season record. If you want to say who advances farther in the playoffs, I mean, that, that could change a little bit depending on your perspective. But I think that the Packers are in a much more favorable position with their road, at least in their division, and I'd argue also in their conference, being more favorable than Denver's. That's a loaded division in a very, very tough conference in the AFC. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Now we get to Carson Wentz before Deshaun Watson. So Carson Wentz, he gets traded from Indianapolis to Washington. And this just shows that both teams were desperate. That's the way I look at this. Washington was desperate to get Carson Wentz, and Indy was desperate to get rid of Carson Wentz. (laughs) It's just funny how you could have two desperate teams and one single quarterback it was just odd how that worked out. But if you look at Washington, the, it's obvious they were desperate. Right? The news is that they originally offered a fourth rounder and a sixth rounder. And then when Russell Wilson was off the market, the talks intensified and Washington en- ends up giving a lot more. They swap second round picks this year. They'll give up a pair of third round picks. And one of those picks next year could turn into a second rounder if Wentz plays 70% of the time. Plus, Washington picks up the $28 million tab for Carson Wentz. They pick up his contract and all of that. So Washington was desperate. They're looking at Taylor Heineke like, yeah, we got to upgrade. Okay, Carson Wentz, we can do it. Let's pull the trigger on that move. They did. Shows desperation. I would argue that the Colts were also desperate also. Yeah, they get the $15 million off the books that they would have owed Carson Wentz had they released him. So they get, away, they get rid of that. But what's the plan now? Where do they go from here? If you look at the Colts, there's no obvious plan B. How do they upgrade? It's a weak free agent class. They don't have a first-round pick. The move also means the Colts will open the season with a sixth different starting quarterback over the last six years. (laughs) Welcome to Indianapolis. Another year, another first, uh, another quarterback starting week one. It's crazy when you look at this also. The last five years, you would stump a lot of people with this trivia question. Like, name the last five starting QBs in week one for the Colts. 2017. This is, I never would have come up with this. Diehard Colts fans, they might remember this, but uh, Scott Tolzien was the starting quarterback in week one of 2017. You might ask the obvious question, how the hell did that happen? Well, well, Andrew Luck missed the entire season due to a shoulder injury. Scott Tolzien started week one, and then Jacoby Brissett started the remainder of the season. The Colts got the doors blown off of them 46-9. to 
Then you go in order, all these Colts uh, starting QBs in week one, Andrew Luck in 18, Jacoby Brissett in 19. Then you get Phillip Rivers in 2020 and Wentz last year. So we get a sixth starting QB in week one for a sixth straight year. There are reports that Sam Ellinger, the sixth-round rookie last year, he might get a real shot to be the starter. Jimmy Garoppolo, that's the other trade rumor. It's like you're going to have to give up trade compensation to get Jimmy G. And in my book, Jimmy G is just a better-looking Carson Wentz. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to for me. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is any difference maker. I don't see the Colts being in a much better situation, much better position should they get Jimmy G compared to Carson Wentz. It's just, I understand that the Colts want to move on, but I think they were desperate as well to move on. I just don't know how they upgrade. This was a piece of SportsCenter yesterday where Adam Schefter, he was talking about what might be next for the Colts and their QB situation. Check this out. It's not exactly the sexy, most rosy picture here. Here you go. Here's Shefty. When we look at the free agent class, it includes Mitchell Trubisky, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. It wouldn't be a shock if one of those quarterbacks wound up in Indianapolis. Like, what are we doing here? I've heard Mitchell Trubisky as if this is going to be a, a solution. You know, Marcus Mariota, hey, don't be surprised if he's got a horseshoe on the side of his helmet. Or, what? How is that any better? I think that's worse. That's Look, I don't want you to get me wrong. I don't think that Carson Wentz is some world beater here. I just don't see where the upgrade is for Indianapolis. It's like being stuck in a, a job that you don't like. If you quit the job, okay, but how do you upgrade? How do you get a better job? Just because you quit your job doesn't automatically mean you're going to upgrade to something better. I think that's what the Colts just did. I think the Colts got fed up and said, screw it, I'm out of here. We're, we're done with Carson Wentz. Uh, okay, you're looking at Jimmy G or maybe a Rook? Like What, what are you doing here? <laughs> I, I just don't see the upgrade. Now, I will get into more depth here with the uh, Deshaun Watson situation. So, the Houston Texans quarterback, he will not face criminal charges. A grand jury on Friday declined to indict Watson. This followed a police investigation. Of course, it was sparked by the lawsuits filed by 22 women that have accused Watson of harassment or sexual assault. So, a grand jury in Harris County, Texas, rejected all nine criminal complaints presented to it. And so, the civil lawsuits are still pending, but the criminal charges have been dropped. That's a big development when we're looking at this from a football perspective, right? It's a big development in terms of what happens next with Deshaun Watson. And depending on these civil lawsuits, which are all, again, still pending, at least he's a, he's a step closer football-wise to returning. So make no mistake, there are many teams that are watching this. Maybe the Colts are one. But they just got rid of Carson Wentz. You know, there are a lot of teams, the Carolina Panthers, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. They just dealt Russell Wilson. You know, the Miami Dolphins have said, oh, no, no, we're out. We're out. We're not interested. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, a, that's like walking with your girlfriend 
and uh, you see a pretty girl and and you're like, no, 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 I'm not interested. No, not me. No, no. But if the pretty girl says, hey, you know, are you busy? Like all of a sudden the interest changes a little bit right there. So I don't believe the Dolphins for a second that they're truly done with their pursuit of Deshaun Watson. So with him not facing criminal charges, we still have to see how it shakes out with the 22 pending civil lawsuits. And also food for thought, you look at Big Ben, he was suspended for six games. He didn't face criminal charges. And Ezekiel Elliott, the same thing. He was suspended for six games, didn't face criminal charges. So the same thing very well could happen to Deshaun Watson. That's what's up in the air. We don't know how the civil lawsuit's going to unfold, and we don't know what the NFL is going to do in terms of a punishment. But there are plenty of teams that if there are no criminal charges pending, all of a sudden they're like, uh, we need to check this out in greater detail. So that bears watching. So the QB carousel, it is still in full motion. We still have some B or C grade free agents out there. And in my mind, I think that we don't, we don't have that many quarterbacks left that are difference makers. So the Houston Texans are benefiting from this news right now that Deshaun Watson, at least with no criminal charges that he's facing, that's great for his football future. And that helps the Houston Texans recoup a lot for Deshaun Watson. I think it's also, if you look at the Niners, who will be trading Jimmy Garoppolo, you look at some of these teams, look at what Washington just did to get Carson Wentz. What are some of these other teams that are really rail thin in the QB department? What are they willing to do even for Jimmy G? I think he's a commodity. Not really because of his talent, because there aren't many legitimate options left. So I think the Niners will actually uh, benefit from that. All right, plenty to get to. Feel free to check in. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. That's how you get in touch with the show. Feel free to tweet at me as well. At the No Show is where you can reach me. A lot beyond the QBs as well. A little baseball, a little LeBron. Some more ball with Bobby Wagner. I want to weigh in on that uh, coming up next. Like I don't understand how teams continue to make the same mistake over and over again. So we'll dive into that right around the corner. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever get your podcast from. I'm Brian Noe here on Fox Sports Radio. Very somber poll by you, Chris. Nirvana, is this uh, something going on in your life right now? What's going no, on no. here, man? Uh, so the, sorry, hold on. I'm just getting my headphones. Uh, uh, 
what's going on right now is I just saw the Batman at 10 p.m. last night. Uh-huh. And this song features, something in the way features very heavily in the movie. Really? And I enjoy, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I think it's better than Nolan Batman's. No kidding, really? Yeah, it's it's really good, and just I don't know. I thought Robert Robert Pattinson fantastic, but this song in particular, something in the way, was in there quite a bit. And um, yeah, you'd put it over the Dark Knight, absolutely. Well, I, I I'm also weird though. I might not be the best host on this, just because uh, I also think some of the Tim Burton movies are better than some of the Chris Nolan mm-hmm. ones. So I'm gonna have to check it out. I haven't seen it yet. I remember, but, Brian, he liked uh, the new Matrix. He did, didn't no, he? No, but this is, okay, so it's like three hours long, so you got to <laughs> like sweat through that, but it is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a little cerebral, but I think there's enough action that you will get down with it, too. What did you think, Ricky, and you're big into movies, what did you think of the new Matrix movie? I, I didn't see it, man. You haven't seen it yet? No. Don't. Don't, are we going dude, back? Why are we going back to the new Matrix? Don't, don't. Because yeah, Ricky made a great point. We're trying to talk point. about you Nirvana like and Batman, and we're going back to the Matrix again. Well, just when I was like, you know what? I'm kind of buying what Chris is selling here. Ricky brought me back to reality. Like, you know this guy likes this complete sucky movie, the new Matrix, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I did forget about that. I'm sorry there wasn't enough explosions in the new Matrix for you. <laughs> it's like, you got to give me some action. Some. There's a talk, 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 talk. Like, I, I, I'm good on all that. Good on all that. Now, I'll get out to the phones here momentarily, but real fast, I'll bring it back to ball here. Bobby Wagner of the Seahawks, who was outstanding for a decade, the Seahawks released him, and he said he didn't find out about his release from the team itself. He tweeted, crazy part about all this, I played for 10 years, and I didn't even hear it from the team that I wasn't coming back. Like, how? I don't I don't understand how teams make this mistake time and time and time again. Seriously. How do you not reach out to the player first and say, B-Wags, it's been an amazing 10-year run. Whatever you want to say. We appreciate all that you've given us here. We will be releasing you. However you do it. I think you at least, if you're trying to do good, by a player who was so outstanding for your franchise, like pick up the phone and give him a heads up. I just I don't understand how this happens time and time again. If you want to play devil's advocate and say, well, Brian, I mean, news breaks, blah, blah, blah. Come on, man. You can get it done. If you want to, you can figure out a way to do just that. And yeah, the Seahawks, they saved $16.6 million against the salary cap. Great. We understand why they've done it. They really are rebuilding without Russell Wilson or Bobby Wagner, the last two players that remain from Seattle's 2013 Super Bowl team. But it's like, there's a a good and a bad way to do business. I just, I don't understand why teams do it that way. And think about this. This is bad PR. Bobby Wagner is one of the best Seahawks players ever in their history. The last thing you should want is one of your greatest players to fire off a tweet saying, I didn't even hear it from the team. (laughs) That makes you look so bad as an organization. You should want to do right by your former player now, and you should also want to do right for yourself, right? Like, you're going right into free agency here. And now I don't expect all the free agents in unison to say, nope, you see what they did to B-Wags, not going to Seattle. But it's just one of those little things 
that makes you look bad. Why? Why would you handle it like that? Crazy to me. All right, we'll get out to the phones. And, and Seattle is not the only organization that has done that. There have been many that have screwed that up. It just it baffles me how this keeps happening time and time again. We've heard many stories. Some great players say, yeah, I didn't even hear it from the team. <laughs> My immediate reaction is like, how? How do they not at least get the courtesy of the team informing them? All right, we go out to uh, Emmett, my guy over in Olympia. He's got some uh, Seahawk thoughts for us. What's going on, Emmett? Brian, no, my guy. Uh, how are you doing? I, I I could be wrong on this, but aren't you in like Mexico City right now in like a hotel or something? During the I show, am. Or? I'm in a sombrero right now. I've got the maracas. <laughs> I've got a sombrero on right now. Yes, I'm visiting a... Uh, a girl that I'm dating who is amazing. And uh, yeah, look at you doing your homework over here, Emmett. You got me. What's that kid that follows along the uh, the moguls, like their their flights and all of that? Is that what you got going on with me here, Emmett? And I just remember hearing on the network, I don't remember, it could have been you or you and me from, or you and uh, Andy saying that you're in Mexico City. Now, before I get my Seahawks play, are you in like a studio or are you in a hotel? No, I'm just at house? her place. Yeah, I'm oh. at her place. Yeah. God, I couldn't imagine doing a show from a hotel. But uh, my, my thing on Russ is I have a lot on this because I'm a Seahawks fan. And I'll kind of start with my thoughts on Russell Wilson because I've kind of done a complete 180 on my views on him in the past year. I used to be a big Russell fan, and I still think he's a good player. But it's just all, he this talk about mixed emotions and mixed vibes. Talk about hard to read and, you know, just confusing, and that's Russell Wilson. I mean, he, he's like, he does all the stuff, even like a month ago, about loving the Seahawks, all this, and obviously we know that the Seahawks just didn't trade him. I mean, because he has a no-trade clause. That's yeah. just, you know, it, it's going to happen. I mean, he has to say yes to the trade. I remember when the trade got, you know, proposed on Tuesday, and it was out there, and people were like, oh, he still has to say, he, he can say no. I'm like, he's not going to do that. He clearly, like, after all this, no. And my thoughts on the trade are, quickly, for the Seahawks, I like uh, Noah Fant and Shelby Harris. Uh, I like the first-round picks. It would have been cool because the commanders offered us more, but the main thing is, the main uh, talking point is the Broncos and the AFC West, Brian, though. That AFC West is stacked, and to be completely honest with you, I don't know if the Broncos can pull it off. I mean, yeah, playing Kyler Murray, Jimmy G, Matt Stafford was hard, you know, but you're playing Jimmy, or not Jimmy G, you're playing Justin Herbert twice, Patrick Mahomes twice, Derek Carr twice, and it could be, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, I, you know, maybe the Raiders go for that, who knows, but still, Mahomes and Herbert twice, that's four times, and the Chargers, they're making moves already, so like, I, I just don't see the Broncos winning that division, I could see them making like a wild card, like, you know, what the Seahawks are doing, like in the past like nine years, but and I will say this too: the AFC is way more stacked than than the NFC. Like it, it's kind of open for Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford next year, unless like Deshaun, or, which I mean, say what I'll say about him. Uh, I don't want to you know take the time of, like on the show from that, but man, that team like the AFC stacked and the NFC isn't really that good compared to the AFC. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you checking in, Emmett. There's a lot to chew on there. I'll say this. One of the things that you hit on, it made me think of it this way, where if you look at the – and I appreciate you checking in, Emmett. Thanks for your time, bud. Appreciate that. Um, if you look at the division Russ came from, it was loaded. 
Absolutely it was. You look at last year, the Rams won it all. The Niners were in the NFC Championship game. And the Cardinals, they won, what, 11 games and made it to the playoffs also. It might sound crazy, but I think Russ went to a tougher division. Where if you look at the Chiefs, Chiefs were in the AFC title game. Granted, they weren't in the Super Bowl or didn't win the Super Bowl. But you've got the Chiefs there, which are obviously a a Super Bowl contender. You've got the Chargers that are vastly improving. They trade for Khalil Mack. Justin Herbert's the real deal. Maybe if they beef up the defense, have a little bit better injury luck, like they're right there. And then Denver getting Russell Wilson, that's not an easy out. And the Raiders are maybe the worst team in that division. That's that's a really tough division also. And I'll say that because some people look and say, well, Brian, Rams won the whole thing. The Niners were in the NFC Championship game. Okay, well, how good is Trey Lance going to be? in his first year as a starting quarterback. Well, if they take a significant step back, now you look at uh, Seattle without Russell Wilson, that's a much different dynamic there. Arizona, you know, do they take the next step? I don't know. They might be a good regular season team and do not not do a whole lot in the playoffs. Um, So really, when you look at that division, the NFC West, it looks a lot different now. And even if Russ hadn't been traded, you know, I... I still think the Niners could take a significant step back and uh, not even be sniffing the NFC Championship game next year. So as it stands right now, the AFC West might be uh, might be tougher with Russ on the Broncos than the NFC West would be with Russ on the Seahawks, if that makes any sense. All right, let's get to K-Fig. I'm jibber-jabbering over here. We got to get to an update with our main man, Kevin Figures. What's going on, K-Fig? Oh, a whole lot going on there, Brian. College basketball, the NBA as well. We'll start in the pros. Uh, the Spurs defeating Utah 104-102. to The big story, Greg Popovich, 1,336 victory, most regular season wins in NBA history, passing his mentor, Don Nelson. Raptors getting 42 points from Gary Trent Jr. in a 117-112 upset win over the Suns. 50 points for LeBron James, second time in three games he's done that. They defeat the Wizards, 122-109. to the Lakers do. John Morant, 37 points in a Memphis win over New York. 30 points and 14 boards for Luka Doncic as Dallas defeated Houston, Miami, Atlanta, and the Celtics with victory. Celtics holding off Detroit for their fifth consecutive win. Conference tournament action in college hoops. It just won final a few minutes ago. San Diego State defeating Colorado State 63-58, to advancing to the conference final against Boise State on Saturday night. UCLA defeating USC in the Pac-12 semifinals, setting up a championship matchup with Arizona who defeated Colorado. That game will be on Fox TV at 9 Eastern on Saturday. Wins for Virginia Tech and Duke in the ACC. Texas Tech and Kansas will square off for the Big 12 title. Villanova and Creighton with wins in the Big East. And in the SEC, Texas A&M, an upset victory over number two Auburn. And in the NFL, the Raiders signing defensive end Max Crosby to a four-year contract extension. Back to Brian No. That was really cool, K-Fig. I know you're a big Raiders fan, but Max Crosby tweeted a picture saying it was it's a big day because he celebrated the second year of his sobriety. And it had a, a picture of his, it's like his right hand, and he's got a tattoo of three eleven twenty, the yeah. day that he he became sober. And then he signed that monster extension 
on the day of his sobriety. That's awesome. It really is cool. And he, he stayed humble throughout his press conference talking about how he wants to use his platform to continue to help other people. It's not about him. He says he wouldn't be in the position he's in if it wasn't for people aiding him and he wants to pay that forward and do it for a bunch of other people. So he talked less about his contract. He's obviously happy to stay with the Raiders, but more about you know his vision moving forward and how we can continue to help people in his journey uh, in sobriety. So that was, that was a really cool deal. Really good to see good things happen to good people, you know. Yeah, definitely. And it's got to be crazy from a Raiders standpoint, seeing all these moves. Russ going to the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Khalil Mack going to the Chargers. You got to be like, what is happening right now? Goodness. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough sledding. You know, they're like, that's easily the, the, the best division in football. I don't think there's any question about it at this point in time. The Raiders are dead last. And still a pretty solid football team at that. They, they were a yeah. wild card last year. Yeah. Uh, it, I know. Really they, were a, they were a whisker away from tying it up against the Bengals. They were. Who were a whisker away from winning it all. Absolutely. Tells you how thin the margin is. It is. It's wild like that. All right. We'll get more from K Fig soon. All right. Let's go to Paul. He's over in Rhode Island, wants to check in. What is going on, Paul? Hi. Hi, Brian. Thank you for taking my call and your staff. Uh, let, me mention, let me mention this to you. Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G as old coach. I mean, uh, Carl, you know, seven years, maybe he should go visit the pastor in uh, Houston, a better fit for him. But the Raiders spending that kind of money, that beautiful stadium. Vegas doesn't like to lose. I think that would be a perfect fit for him. Atlantic, Atlantic. I don't, I don't know, man. Atlantic, uh, Atlantic. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm usually not bad at these things. Yeah, I don't know I was... about the Sean Watson, but uh, perfect. But I don't know what's going on now. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, Paul. I appreciate you checking in. I was thrown off for a second. That was our guy Chris with his Atlantis drop from Paul. Atlantic, yep. Atlantic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking about Atlanta last week, and he said Atlantic. And you <laughs> cut it up, and the, you're throwing the drop. It took me a – I was like, wait, what's going on? Are there dueling Pauls over here? That was just the drop that sometimes from last happened. week. There, we used to have a caller named White Buffalo who uh, had, like, this insane laugh, and – um I think I chopped it up one time, and we had him laughing as the laughing was played. <laughs> I'm trying. I like to, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to kill time here because I'm trying to find where I store you the are, white buffalo. You're trying to find white buffalo. Yeah, I know. have so many walls. I don't. All right, I'm, I'm upset that someone that goes by White Buffalo isn't calling in anymore. That's a it's a missed opportunity right there, you know. But I'll say this real fast: like this fascination with Jimmy G. Jimmy G is just a guy. Jimmy G isn't better than Derek Carr. If I'm the Raiders, I, I wouldn't get rid of Carr to get Jimmy G. That's not an upgrade. That's what the Colts might do. They might get rid of Carson Wentz, and they traded a first and a third for Carson Wentz. And now what? They're going to trade for Jimmy G? It's like That's going to be at least a second rounder, probably a little bit more than that. It's like, what, what are you doing? You give up all that compensation to replace Carson Wentz with Jimmy G? Again, if that's the way it unfolded. So no, I'm not I'm not with that at all. I think <laughs> Sorry, really delayed. Yeah, hey, we got there. We took the scenic route. But we got there. That's me laughing at these teams that are thinking about uh Getting Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is the anti-Stafford with the Lions. 
You know, you know how Stafford got beaten up because he didn't win any playoff games with the Lions? I've said that it had way more to do with the quality of the roster than it did Matthew Stafford, which is true. I mean, he just won a Super Bowl with the Rams. That's all the proof you need. I think that Jimmy G is the opposite of that. I think Jimmy G, especially before the playoffs, I, all the glowing comments about Jimmy G, oh, look at his record as a starter. Oh, he wins all these games. Oh, that had way more to do with the quality of the Niners roster than it did him. At the NFC title game when they beat the Packers a couple of years back, he threw a few passes. That was it. He's <laughs> like, he's threading the needle between, I don't know, the four and the one for Raheem Mostert or, you know, whoever he's th- handing it off to. Like, that doesn't take any skill. Jimmy G. Lo- wonderful me QB out with wins Jimmy G. stat. What's that? I said wonderful QB, like wonderful examples of the quarterback wins stat. <laughs> it's just, it's misleading. Yeah. It's kind of like, like, it's kind of like the, the game last year when, um, what was it? It was uh, New England. It was Patriots and Bills. And mm-hmm. everyone was giving Mac, yeah. uh, Mac Jones a ton of credit when he threw like three passes in that game. Well, I, I mean, that's a good example, right? Sometimes yeah. stats lie where, look, if you complete a screen pass and the running back takes it 80 yards to the house, your quarterback stats look great. I think it's it's not even just the stats. It's just we give quarterbacks so much credit. It's like, yes, it's an incredibly important position, but... You can win even with a not great quarterback. Yes. Just because you don't have a great quarterback doesn't mean you always lose. The 49ers have an amazing, fantastic roster. It's tough. And, but and to lay it all at the feet of Jimmy Garoppolo seems insane. Oh, it's, it's insane, especially with the playoffs we just saw. Jimmy, <laughs> The Niners won in spite of Jimmy G against the Cowboys. The Niners won in spite of Jimmy G against the, uh, the Packers. And... They almost won. They got. They lost the game to the Rams because of Jimmy G. They had a chance at the end. They only needed a field goal to tie it up, and Jimmy G could get them nowhere. No, I don't. I don't believe in Jimmy G. I just don't. I, I don't think he's a true difference maker. You, you put him on a lackluster roster. Good luck. Good luck with that. All right, I'll get to the calls. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. A couple of people on hold, and uh, do a better job of getting to them. <laughs> Like I like being interactive, but every now and then someone will call in and I don't know, it sparks a thought and then I'm off and running, you know, caller hands me the baton and I'm just like the anchor leg of the four by 100 relay here. I got to settle it down. I will also get to um, something that Emmett made me think of the, uh, the no trade clause, a a very quick thought on that, that uh, I hadn't thought of until he mentioned it Um, and the calls as well. Stick with us. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, real quick thought on the no trade clause. It's kind of interesting. Emmett checked in here a few minutes ago and... Uh, he mentioned from a Seahawks point of view, right? A Seahawks fan's point of view. It's a weird situation where Russ, think about all those interviews where he's like, go Hawks, go Hawks. And even this offseason, he's like, nah, I prefer the West Coast than the East Coast. And it just seemed like he was probably staying put. The next thing you know, he's in Denver. The interesting thing about the no trade clause to me is it obviously gives a player control over where he plays. 
but it also doesn't give that player PR control. Because if, let's just say, Russ didn't have a no-trade clause and he got dealt to Denver, well, then he can play the card all day of, hey, I love Seattle, it'll always be home. He might not directly say he didn't want to be traded, but he can sort of indicate, hey, this wasn't up to me, they made this decision, I'm just going to try to make the most of it. You can't do that if you have a no-trade clause and you have to waive it to be traded. (laughs) So that's the thing. That's what's interesting to me. And maybe I'm just late to the party, but I never made that connection where, yeah, of course it gives the player power and you don't end up playing for, I don't know, the Houston Texans or some situation that you don't want to be caught dead in. If it's a bad roster situation or whatever, but uh, man, when you get dealt, you can't sell it to your previous fan base of like, well, I mean, this was the organization's decision. I didn't have anything to do with it. Like, Russ waved his no-trade clause. Of course he had he had everything to do with it. All right, let's go back out to the phones. James is in Minnesota here. What's going on, James? Welcome to Fox Sports Radio. I would just say that the Vikings keep Kirk Cousins draft a good backup quarterback or at least take one up free agency, they can move forward and make it to the second or third round in the playoffs and Kirk Cousins goes down and get hurt and that backup quarterback takes over his job. Now, Listen, I know they lost, so we'll- first off, Hollerin James, it's good to talk to you, man. I've heard you snoring the last, I don't know, five times, you know? So I'm glad to talk to you tonight. Is everything going well? Yeah, man. I'm relaxing. I'm kicked back in my easy chair. Yeah. And I got the drinks. Oh, that's great, man. It's a great night for sure. I don't, I just don't I don't believe in your defense over there in Viking land. Hollering free, James. Okay. In the draft or free agency, they got to go more defense. Yeah. Definitely got to go more defense. I, okay, I believe that too because the defense wins Super Bowls. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just you can't be ranked thirty first and win Super Bowls. You know, I don't need you to be no, top three. Got to be a lot better. I said the defense. The good defenses win Super Bowls. It's been proven in the past. It's been proven now with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, well, I mean, look, they have a, a tremendous offense also. I mean, most of these teams that are winning Super Bowls, like the last five years, and, and Hollerin James, man, I hope you have a tremendous evening. It was great to hear from you, for sure. But there was a stat I saw the last, um, the last five years, the 20 teams that made it to Championship Sunday, you know, the Final Four teams, 18 of those 20 were at least top eight in offense. Like, you got to move the ball. So I'm not saying that it can be a combination, right? It's a combination of offense and defense. I've always said balance wins Super Bowls. It's not just one side of the ball, but the reality for the Vikings, you can't be 31st in defense and get anywhere. So they definitely have to upgrade that. Let me sneak in Manuel in Gardena. Wants to check in here. What's going on, Manuel? Bry, Bry, no. The man who's never a no-show. Hey, man. So last we spoke... I just wanted to give you a little update. Our Mm -hmm. dude, Ben Maller, has made it official. That cat, that uh, Walmart wanker from uh, St. Paul, his his name is now Slingshot. 
He's no gunner. His his name has been revoked. Wow. You will you will address him as slingshot in St. Paul. Wow. Now what, what's the, the name? Record. What's the reason for the nickname change there, Manuel? Because dude is weak sauce, man. He comes <laughs> into every damn show he calls and just brings nothing to the table. Nobody gives a damn about the Timberwolves, first off. <laughs> Second off, he's a Walmart stock boy. All right? So he's going to be slingshot. That's what he's called on the Maller show. I'm hoping that you follow suit, and uh, maybe we can get rid of this turd once and for all. Wow. I appreciate you bringing the fire, Manuel. I appreciate the phone call here. This is, uh, I, I don't know if Gunner, a.k.a. Slingshot, will have a rebuttal later tonight. We will find out about that. But I do like to fire. All right, coming up next, it seemed horrible. It actually turns out to be great for a certain league. Ah, uh, yes, what's going on? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Appreciate you checking out the show. So, you know, I was sick and tired of hearing about the MLB lockout for obvious reasons. It was just annoying. I didn't want to hear about, oh, well, they need the uh, luxury tax threshold to be X amount of millions, and uh, the other side wants it to be X amount of millions. And I just tuned out, man. I was not interested. But here's the thing. As bad as it seemed for MLB during those negotiations, all the news was negative. Oh, the first couple of series, they've been canceled. Ah, there have been a couple more series that have been canceled. And then the next thing you know, the lockout's over. MLB and the Players Union, they agreed to a, a five-year collective bargaining agreement. Everybody loves CBA talk. Very hot. Makes ratings happen in sports radio. But the deal is the full 162-game season is saved. Not going to miss anything. Got delayed by a week. That's it. So all this stuff, it was just negotiating tactics. It was the ownership side saying, well, I guess we're going to... Cut a couple more series, and you know what that means. You get no money. They were doing the Dikembe Mutombo. No, 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 no. No money for these games that are being missed. And then lo and behold, the deal is worked out, and we've got a full season. So if you spin it forward, I think the lockout actually turns out to be great for MLB. Because I don't know about you. Maybe you hold a grudge more than I do. I was tuned out with the whole lockout deal. I'm like, I don't really even need to know the particulars. They're arguing about this issue and that issue and this international draft and a lottery and blah, blah, blah. I really don't care. I don't care. All I know is that baseball is not being played. That's all I care about is when it's going to be played. I don't care about what's preventing it. I just care about when it's going to be played. It would be a much different deal with the NFL. I mean, I just love football more than baseball. And so I might have gotten more knee-deep into the details. I just didn't deal with that, with baseball. So I'm not speaking for everybody. Maybe someone listening is a die-hard baseball fan the way I am a die-hard NFL fan. And you were way into the details, and it annoyed you even more, the whole process. And maybe you're more worn out by that than I am. But I still think... That with no games being lost, with free agency happening right now, now all of a sudden you get a sprint of free agency right before the season begins. 
that is great buildup and momentum to go right into the season. And after all of this stuff, a 99-day lockout, the season is delayed by one week. That's it. And so some of the news on Friday, Clayton Kershaw, he's staying put with the Dodgers. He agreed to a one-year deal. Left-handed pitcher Carlos Rodon, he goes to the San Francisco Giants, signed a two-year deal for $44 million. It includes an opt-out clause after the first year. Like The guy was an all-star last year, and he goes to the San Francisco Giants. So stuff like that. You're going to hear names like Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant. Those guys could be on the move, could all go to new teams. And if they do, that's huge for baseball. I think that creates a lot of momentum and you get this fast break free agency period right before the season begins. I think that actually ends up being great for baseball. So I'm not going to tell you it was perfect with the lockout and hearing, oh man, it looks pretty dire. This could drag out for a month or two and it's just like, oh, wake me when it's over. Well, guess what? Wake up. It's over. (laughs) It's totally done. And now you just prepare for the good stuff. And when you get a free agency period right before the season, think about that. We're going to get this in the NFL in a couple of days. You get the uh, legal tampering period on March 14th. So it's March 12th right now. It's a couple of days. It's on Monday. And then the new league year is on Wednesday. And those deals are finalized. Like Imagine if this were happening a month before the NFL season. You know, and you hear a lot of names, some big names going from one team to the other. Imagine if it was like, hey, Tyron Matthew, formerly of the Chiefs, he just signed with whatever. He signed with some other team. It's like, oh man, I, I'm interested in seeing that. Well, guess what? You have to wait three weeks and you can see it. <laughs> you know, like that would be great momentum for the NFL season. It's going to work the same way for MLB. Uh, So I think, I don't think this was by design that they were just dragging their heels for 99 days and it was, it was this measured thing of, Hey, let's, uh, let's have this quick free agency period, create a lot of momentum, boom, right into the season. They were literally arguing it out, which is what they always do when we get into these discussions, but the end result, it works great for both sides. It really does. So, uh. As annoying as the lockout was, I think it it works in the favor of MLB more than against it. Is how I think it shakes out. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, uh, now this requires a little bit of nuance. Okay, L- little bit of nuance, little dash of nuance over here. So last year, I was talking about Russell Wilson and the possibility of Seattle moving him. And uh, because you go back to last year, Russell Wilson, he had thrown it out there like, hey, you know, I've got a a list of four teams, at least his agent did, there's a list of four teams that he'd be cool with being traded to. And there was a lot of that stuff out there. Russell Wilson clearly was unhappy with the situation right after the season. Remember last year he was watching the Super Bowl when it was the Bucks beating the Chiefs. He was sitting there with Goodell and he did an interview shortly after that and was miffed. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm taking too many hits. Taking too many hits over here. 
And he also said that he wanted the organization to listen to his input more often. So he's unhappy. So I just threw it out there. It's a hypothetical. If the Seahawks could trade Russell Wilson for the number one overall pick and draft Trevor Lawrence, should they do that? Now, this is the nuance part. Russell Wilson would have laughed at that move. Like, can you imagine John Schneider, the GM, saying, Hey, Russ, just got off the phone with Jacksonville. They want to trade for you. Now, you have a no-trade clause. Would you be willing willing to waive that no-trade clause? Russ would have been like, (laughs) It sounded like you said, I would be willing to go to Jacksonville. Is that what you just said to me with a straight face? Get out of here. Like, He wouldn't have done that. But the interesting part to me is how many people, when I just threw that out there, it wasn't about, well, Brian, that's just silly because Russ would never, he would never go for that. It was, you don't trade Russell Wilson. You don't trade the proven commodity for who knows what Trevor Lawrence is going to turn out to be. So I just bring that up now because Russell Wilson just got traded to Denver. Now, they get three players out of it, one being Drew Locke, okay? Now, that's not their plan. Granted, Seattle isn't like, well, our done's here. We get, our, our work is done here. We get five draft picks. It's nice. Get the uh, first and second rounders from Denver for the next two drafts, throwing a, a fifth rounder this year as well. And our work's done, you know? We'll just go into the year with Drew Locke and... You should be our savior for the next decade. Like, of course, they've got more work to do figuring out who their quarterback is going to be. But I think, and I thought at the time, I still think right now, if there was any way that Russell Wilson would have, let's just say he had, I don't know, he was not in his right mind for an evening and said, yeah, sure, Jacksonville sounds great. And he went for it. Seattle would be they would be off their rocker not to say yes to a trade like that. And that was just interesting to me. You don't trade a proven commodity. Well, they just did. Oh, Brian, the dead money that Seattle would have had to eat would have been astronomical. It would have been worth it. It would have been worth it. Now, the other part of this is there are so many Trevor Lawrence non-believers. I I don't agree with that at all. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a very good pro. I think he's got a great chance to be a flat-out stud. So Seattle, where would they would they be sitting prettier had they made a trade with Jacksonville? Again, read the fine print. Wouldn't have happened. Russ wouldn't have waived his no-trade clause. But they would have been in a better situation if it would have been possible to have Trevor Lawrence and more compensation, it wouldn't have just been the number one overall pick for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a dynamic proven commodity. Seattle would have gotten a lot more. I think they would have been in a better position then than they are now after making this trade with Denver. Now, again, it involves a little bit of nuance and it was a hypothetical, but sometimes a hypothetical it leads to a real conversation. And this idea of, oh, well, I mean, you don't, you don't trade a proven guy like Russ for an unknown commodity in Trevor Lawrence. If you really look at a lot of trades, that's what they mostly are. It's oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, trading a proven commodity 
Russell Wilson. For for what? In Denver. Drew Locke, big deal. No offense, a good tight end. Shelby Harris, all right. But but those are throw-ins. Those aren't like franchise-altering difference makers. Those are good players. They're starters, but they're not difference makers. So what did they really get? They they got a couple of guys that can contribute in Fant and Harris, and they got five lottery tickets with those draft picks. Drew Locke isn't going to do anything. You know, that, that's what they got. They traded Russell Wilson, proven commodity, for five unproven commodities, which represent draft picks. <laughs> like, so this idea of, oh, you wouldn't trade Russ for a, an unproven commodity in, in uh, Trevor Lawrence over here. What are the proven commodities that they got? They didn't get any at the quarterback position, that's for sure. And I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence than whatever draft pick they're going to use on a quarterback the next couple of years. Like, here's the deal. People are way, way too quick to give up on Trevor Lawrence. He had a rough rookie season with an incompetent head coach in Urban Meyer, an incompetent roster with holes all over the place, and people are willing to punt on this guy? Like, goodness. You got to see. It's like the people that think Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be any good are the same people that think the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to do anything this season. Now, like, did you watch him on Thursday night? It's, there's a difference between where things currently are and where they're headed. You know, the Brooklyn Nets showed on Thursday night what they're capable of doing without Ben Simmons on the floor, by the way. So, yeah, while they had lost, I don't know, 17 of 20 or whatever it was heading in, a lot of people get caught in the here and now, and they don't see beyond that. And so I I think the same people that are selling Trevor Lawrence short after a bad year as a rookie with a chaotic situation, a bad roster, and a head coach that didn't even last in his first year, they're willing to say, oh, this guy, he's no good. Really? He was the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And you think he's going to be a dud the whole time? Come on. Think it through. I'd much rather have Trevor Lawrence than what Seattle has right now, which are the draft picks it gets. And by the way, they get a top 10 pick this year. Um, But with Russell Wilson over in Denver, how good do you think those first and second round picks are going to be next year? I don't know about you, but I expect Denver to do a lot more winning with Russell Wilson than Teddy Bridgewater, you know? So all of a sudden, the 2023 first and second rounders that Seattle gets, they're probably going to be a lot lower selections. And what are you looking at? So even though it was hypothetical, even though Russ would have laughed at the possibility of being traded to Jacksonville, it did bring about an interesting discussion. And I think you got to keep that in mind as we go through, right? You're going to hear a lot of trade rumors involving a lot of different quarterbacks. And this idea of trading the proven commodity for an unproven commodity. Look, what did Seattle get by holding on to Russell Wilson an extra year? They got a 7-10 and 10 season. And I, I don't know. They, they got a haul, I guess. But it all depends on what those draft picks turn into. And I, I don't know if, you're gonna, if they're ever going to turn into a quarterback that's even half as good as Russell Wilson is. 
And if it doesn't, then you lost by miles with that deal. So, food for thought. You want to chime in on that, feel free to do so. It did bring about on Twitter, because I was I was mocked at the time I brought that up. And I even brought it up. It's the funny thing is, like I prefaced it. We know Russ isn't going to waive his no trade clause. But if he had a moment of insanity and did... Would Seattle be wise to make this move with Jacksonville and get the number one overall pick? Oh, Brian, you don't do it. No, that's stupid. You're all dead money. By the way, you look at Seattle, they've got a dead cap hit of $26 million by moving Russell Wilson. It would have been a lot more than that last year. But if it gets you a quarterback of the future, it's worth it. It's absolutely freaking worth it. Denver had to pay a significant amount to get Russell Wilson. It's worth it. It's worth it to have a quarterback compared to just the revolving door of hideous QBs that they've had since Peyton Manning has called it quits. So it's worth it. I would have done it if possible. But I I was going to say, and I'll say this last thing, it did bring about a lot of people mimicking what I said. I was like, a lot of people... Uh, you know, I was mocked for bringing this up before. It doesn't look as crazy now, does it? You know, that type of thing. And a lot of people are chiming in. As, I was mocked for saying this team should have gotten rid of that guy. So if you have any I was mocked for dot, dot, dot stories, feel free to hit me up on Twitter as well. At the no show is where you can reach me. But that was fun as well. Okay. I'll get to the phones here. 877-99 on Fox. Love when you guys are interactive. So I'll get to you. I will not jibber jabber if you're on hold. Um... And I also want to get to Shake Up City. We've been talking about the QB carousel. How about the commentating carousel? Major shakeup here. We'll dive into that. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Lots going on here. How about this? The commentating carousel. Joe Buck is now expected to join Troy Aikman at ESPN. That's right. Joe Buck would become the voice of Monday Night Football. Man, you talk about a significant upgrade going from Steve Levy and Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I mean, come on. that's. I'm trying to think of something that compares. What would it be like? Uh, maybe it would be like the Broncos going from Teddy Bridgewater to Russell Wilson. I think it's comparable. And that's what it looks like ESPN will be doing. And... Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know off the top of my head if this is... I guess it's happened with uh, Summerall and Madden before, right? Like a, a duo going from one network to the next. So there is precedent for this. But um, man, for ESPN, who has been just trying and failing to find the winning combination ever since it was Mike Tirico and John Gruden, it's just been one-offs, right? They haven't had the same crew for two years in a row since then. It's been... Uh, a a mixture of Jason Witten and Booger McFarland and then the last commentating crew, and it just hasn't worked. Sean McDonough and Joe Tessitore, and now you get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, reportedly, for years to come. That's huge for ESPN. And the other interesting part to me is this. If you just look at the money, so Joe Buck, he received permission to speak with ESPN on Friday. And... Joe Buck also he had a one year, uh, he had one year remaining on his salary for eleven million dollars with Fox. So Fox said, "Okay, Joe, you can go talk to ESPN." And so Joe did, 
And now it looks like Joe Buck is expected to sign a deal in the five-year, 60 to $75 million range with ESPN. Now, the other interesting part is Aikman reportedly landed a five-year, $92.5 million contract. Okay, so this is how my mind works. Let's just say, let's put it close to the middle here for Joe Buck. Let's say it's, I don't know, $67 million. That's about in the middle of where it's rumored to be. So Joe Buck, five years, $67 million, compared to Aikman, five years, $92 million. Now, this is a real question. Which guy is more vital to a broadcast? Which is it? Is it Joe Buck or is it Troy Aikman? I personally think it's Joe Buck. Now, this isn't the case for every commentating crew. I mean, Madden was way more important than Pat Summerall. Tony Romo is more important than Jim Nance in that specific duo, right? Tony Romo is known as the rock star. If you look at Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I mean, both do a a very good job. I think Joe Buck is better as a play-by-play guy than Troy Aikman is as a color commentator. But Joe Buck is not a three-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, and Troy Aikman is. But I just find that to be interesting, where you could have Aikman with the same amount of years, five years apiece, Aikman could be making in the neighborhood of 25 to $30 million more than Joe Buck. And oh, by the way, Joe Buck would also be doing baseball coverage for ESPN. That's the speculation. So if Joe Buck is doing baseball games on top of that, I mean, look, 60 to $75 million over five years is outstanding money. But I, I would understand if Joe Buck just... It kind of had a little bit of the squinty eyes, you know, like, wait a minute, run this by me again. I'm doing all these baseball games, all these NFL games, and Troy, who does a great job, he's making 25 to 30 million more than I am? Really? Really? (laughs) But that part of it is interesting to me. If that ends up happening, obviously Fox is going to have to fill a, a big gap. It's top commentating crew. Well, they'd have to find another one. And Kevin Burkhardt has done a tremendous job. Gus Johnson has done a tremendous job. Maybe you see uh, more of those guys. Joe Davis has done NFL games before. does a great job uh, commentating uh, with baseball as well. And then, you know, Sean Payton, he's the wild card out there, right? The former Saints head coach. Does Fox go and try to make a splash? He's at least a name. You know, do they make... Sean Payton, part of their number one broadcasting crew? I'm curious to see how it unfolds for Fox. But that's the latest news. Joe Buck expected to join Troy Aikman at ESPN. Make of it what you will. The one thing I'll say is this, uh, and I'll get to K-Fig in in just uh, 40 seconds on the nose, right? I I hear this a lot. Do you really tune into a game for the commentating crew and... uh, No would be the answer. But here's the deal. The NFL is the number one sport by far, by miles. And these TV companies, they've got cash. And they don't want to be behind the times. Like all these networks, Fox, CBS, they don't want to be what ESPN has been the last handful of years. 
where it's just a revolving door, not great continuity, there isn't star power. It's just lacking. It's not where the other networks are. No one wants to be there. So although you don't go out of your way to be like, who's on tonight? Ooh, it's, it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. No, you watch because it's the Chiefs taking on whoever, like the Packers, right? That's why you watch. But when you've got the most popular sport by miles and you've got money to burn, then yeah, you're going to put it into what's your number one asset. So yeah, it's just the going rate these days, man. I don't think they're worth that much cash, but it's the going rate. If you've got the talent, you get paid the same thing as well. All right, we've got Kevin figures with us to spin us around the sporting landscape what is going on k fig right now i do like when it comes to the tv announcing the same people who say i don't pay attention to announcers with the same ones who are complaining about how bad jason witten was so <laughs> a lot of hypocrites when it comes to the subject matter of these announcers and whether they care or not you clearly do care because there was a giant uproar about how bad jason witten was when he was an analyst for monday night football i'll say that yeah it's kind of like saying I-, I don't care what my ex is doing right now and then i don't know you bad mouth her on instagram or something it's like that eh, you kind of care yeah it's you kind of care based on your actions yeah and you're still a uh, sneak following her with your with your uh you know burner account you know i know <laughs> yeah. who you are you're out yeah. there uh let's go to the nba lebron james 50 points second time in three games he's done that the lakers get a victory over washington 122 to 109 42 points for gary trent jr pascal siakam 30 points for Toronto, an upset victory over the Phoenix Suns. DeJounta Murray, 27 points for San Antonio. They defeat Utah, giving Greg Popovich the record for most regular season victories by a head coach. 31 points for Jason Tatum as the Celtics defeated Detroit. Five straight wins for Boston and 18 wins in their last 21 contests. Wins for the Hornets, Hawks, and Heat. John Morant, 37 points, leading Memphis over New York. College Hoops, UCLA and Arizona won their Pac-12 semifinal matchups. Ditto for Texas Tech and Kansas in the Big 12 in the Big East, Villanova and Creighton with victories. Duke and Virginia Tech both won and will meet each other for the ACC championship. SEC quarterfinal wins for Tennessee, Kentucky, and Texas A&M, who upset number two, Auburn. San Diego State defeated Colorado State to advance to the Mountain West final. And in baseball news, the Giants signed pitchers Carlos Rodon to a two-year contract, while the rival Dodgers re-signed Clayton Kershaw to a one-year deal. Back to Brian No. You've been into championship week here leading up to the big dance, K-Fig? Yeah, some of it. I've watched a lot of the bigger matchups. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I you know, was watching Richmond versus VCU very closely. Uh, <laughs> but for some of your bigger matchups, absolutely. Absolutely. A close eye on the Auburn, who has uh, kind of hit the skids yeah. to a certain degree these last couple of weeks of the regular season and into the postseason tournament. So, yeah, I kept an eye on some of the bigger matchups. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, I'm, you can't watch all these games. No. There's too much no. going on, but... The highlights, some of the buzzer beaters, and it's wild stories. We almost had Duke in North Carolina, but yeah. North Carolina took it on the chin. It's been fun to follow. It really has. Duke had to had to fight it out a little bit as well. You know, uh, SC and UCLA yeah. swearing off uh, on Friday night as well in a close one. So, some really entertaining basketball as we close to what some people would consider to be the best time of the year in March Madness. So, been some big upsets here, K Fig. And here's the thing: I don't know that I've told you this, but uh, I've given up during Lent. Make sure you're sitting down for this. I okay? am. Oh, until Easter, no bets for your boy. <gasps> yeah, I went big this year. How will you make it? How will I, you survive? I well, mean, here's the God. thing. And now I've I've decided to use this time wisely, K Fig. So what I do, I call them fake bets. I still, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I still follow the gambling lines, All right? And I I write down my picks as if they were real bets. Mm. 
And and just you know, it's just like anything. You this practice your, more, you get better. Yeah. yeah. This is like your version of diet soda, is what it is. Is what it kind sounds of, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> like, I like that. It's not cold comparison. turkey. You're not yeah. gonna not look at the betting lines at all, but you're not yeah. gonna actually put any actual money on the line. Yeah, I'm not actually betting. Okay. So um, I've noticed one thing over the last week or so. My fake bets have been better than my real bets. <laughs> of course. Wait, which, <laughs> which teaches me a lesson, K-Fig. The reason why the fake bets have been better, you don't get that emotional reaction after you lose. Mm-hmm. At least I, and I am way overly emotional when it comes to betting. And with the fake bets, it's like you lose one, it's you just brush it off. You just kind of right. shrug your shoulders like, hey, you know, whatever, we'll get them back. But you don't chase. So that is the main lesson out of this. You know, yep. it's taught me don't chase. You know, be emotionless. Be as emotionless as possible. So as deep into this as you are at the moment, once uh, Lent ends and you're, the floodgates open yeah. back up, do you believe you will carry over that same uh, mindset oh, yeah. and discipline when you actually do start betting again? Well, I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. That's the game plan. Yeah, right. Least. Yeah, yep. exactly. The plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it could be first round of the NBA playoffs, mm. you know, and I've got. Yeah, decent bet on the Nets in Game Three, and they just, it just all goes to hell. And you know, you never know, right? I'm a yeah. work in progress over here, K-Fig. Yeah, you start chasing, and before you know it, you're betting on a cricket match at I one know. o'clock in the morning. You know, <laughs> pretty, just pretty soon you're just like, uh, you know, I, I think the Brewers are good, yeah. right? Like <laughs> Brewers are good for a, a win tonight. Yeah, I love it. It's crazy, man. All right, let's go out to the phones here. I believe Santa Claus is with us. Let's get Santa Claus here on Fox Sports Radio. Santa, what's going on? Arkansas, I heard all them radios getting turned up. I said, man, that's our scratch off. We love listening to him out there, boy. My God. What's going on there, Big No? What's going on? So now, are you? have you changed? You're no longer Sir Scratch-Off? You're Santa no, Claus man, now? I was picking, no, I was picking on your boy. I like to talk to that old boy that's the phone, man. <laughs> you got a, you got a good crew right there, man. I'm, I don't know if you heard the download on me or not, but I'm fixing to buy Fox Sports. I'm going to change a bunch of these radio stations around. Oh, really? All right. So that's the first item of business here, right? What's the major change you're going to bring to the Fox Sports Radio Airwaves? Well, first got to get this last scratch-off car for all the millions of dollars I'm going to win. There you well, go. That Lincoln Kennedy's coming back. I've been, I've been texting on Lincoln Kennedy today, and, and I'm going to put him on Jason Smith's show. I'm going to bring him back, give him a big raise. You're going to get a big raise five days a week. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Chris Perfett, he's going to big show. He's going to big time. He's He's going to quit being somebody's talker. He's going to be a show by himself, him and Eddie Garcia. Oh, really? Okay, all right. Big Me changes Eddie, over huh? here. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think them boys, and uh, Brian Bertrand, I'm bringing him in there. I mean, I want him on the radio again. I like him. I don't listen to him. get to hear him very much anymore. Yeah. But, uh, so who are we replacing is the main question, Sir Scratch. I was like, Cowherd, adios. we got to make room for Chris and Eddie. You bet we will. We got, yeah. we got the show, believe me. What I'm going to get on that long five days a week, because I got, I got Bullhorn, and I got Big Mouth, and I got Pick 3. Now, who do you think that is? He's, <laughs> he's going to be a new water boy around Fox Sports. All he's going to get to do. Wow, man. Holy cow. All right, so how many? Uh, how much are you hitting for on this scratch-off ticket again to make all this happen? Oh, man, it's going to happen, bro. They told me April, March. You see, April, March, April, May, and June is my big day to get a bunch of money. So it's coming, guys. Y'all pack your bags, Jason Smith, and y'all already go ahead and get out of the building because your job's over, brother. We done wow. with you, homie. Okay. All right, man. Everything we're else good? Go- you holding up fine? Yeah, we we going to bring in Holler and James if I keep him awake long enough. We're going to bring in Holler and James, too, man. We're going to put him doing something. I love it, man. Well, thanks for uh, 
for uh, checking in with us, Sir, uh, Sir Scratchoff slash Santa Claus. Santa checking in here as well. Very good stuff. Very nice. Man, he's, he's a visionary, that Sir Scratchoff. Major changes. So who's driving the show between you and Eddie, Chris? Are you driving it or is Eddie driving it? That's a really good point, and it's a really it's a really curious point on how much hockey would end up making that show, because <laughs> I know nothing about hockey, and Eddie's crazy about hockey. Yeah, it's like who would drive the other insane first, right? Is it Eddie's hockey talk or is it your Lions talk? I don't do a lot of Lions talk on this air. That's true. I I, I try. I, I understand. I understand the audience. They don't. Yeah. Like I know the Lions, but I'm not going to like derail it talking about. Uh, I don't know the the left guard the yeah. left the left guard situation like say you know one of our callers about the Timberwolves yeah I was you beat me to the punch are <laughs> you telling me that you get what Gunner doesn't is I that like, right I like telling stories there's not always a story with the Lions there's there's stories elsewhere okay yeah hey fair enough fair enough we'll see if uh, we hear from Gunner tonight slash uh, what was it uh, slingshot in St Paul. Is uh, is what our guy Manuel said we should refer to him as. How about that? Now I do like we got to get that as a uh, drop. Manuel saying no one cares about the Timberwolves. I I think we could get a lot of mileage out of that here on Fox Sports Radio. You know, I think we could get some mileage out of that. All right, we got a lot to get to. Coming up next, let's see. Top of the hour. Uh, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it'll never happen. But right around the corner. I told you, there's still time. There is still time to buy low, but this is your last opportunity. I will make another sales pitch to you, a plead to you as well. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. So I have made a plea. It's probably the last chance I can make the same plea before the odds change. I am pleading with the betting public to put your trust in the Brooklyn Nets. Did you see what they did on Thursday night? Completely decimated, dismantled any disword that speaks to how sucky the Sixers were. That's what the Brooklyn Nets did to them on Thursday night. Oh, it was just beautiful. I'm telling you what, I'm I'm getting worn out by the Sixers. They've just been too giddy here. Ever since getting James Harden, it's like, all right, great. You beat the Timberwolves and the Knicks twice in a row. And who cares? You had Embiid. He had the audacity to say that he and James Harden were unstoppable after beating the Knicks. It's like, what, what are we doing here? Seriously, what is going on? And they got their teeth kicked in by the Nets on Thursday night. It was nice to see. The Sixers were 8-2 and two since making the Harden trade heading into that game against the Nets. And I think there's a huge difference between where a team currently is and where they're headed. And if you look at the Nets, they're the best example of this. The Nets in the standings? Oh gosh, it looks horrible. The Nets in the standings, they are now up to eighth. They've got a chance to move up to seven, but you really need to move up to six to avoid the play-in altogether. They're four and a half games behind the Cavs for sixth place. So there's not a lot of games left. 
very well could still be in the play-in. So in terms of the standings, not, not great for the Nets. Not in a great position. But man, did you see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving do their thing? They won by 29 points. It was a rout. And they didn't even have Ben Simmons in uniform. So, yes, I fully expect, in the bet that I am telling you to make, bet on the Nets to at least make it to the finals. Get it at plus 260. Plus 260 for the Nets. I mean, those are the shortest odds, and that should tell you something. Vegas is looking at this Nets team like, oh, man, it's not where they are. It's where they're headed. And with the star power, no team can match it. No team can match the star power of the Nets. Now, again... As is often the case with gambling, got to take a little bit of leap of faith here. So we don't know what the vaccine mandate is going to be in New York City come playoff time. I think it's going to be lifted. I have a hard time believing the public sector is good to go watch games being unvaccinated, but Kyrie Irving is not going to be cleared to play in the games being unvaccinated. That makes zero sense to me whatsoever. So I think Kyrie Irving's going to be good to go. And Ben Simmons, he's going to be on the court sooner than later. And I think he's going to contribute. He doesn't need to be this outside shooter. He doesn't need to be a scorer. Just play good defense. Be a facilitator. Look to create for yourself from time to time. But you really don't need to. Because we've got these guys named KD and Kyrie. Who are two of the best scorers on planet Earth. I I think the Nets are going to get to the finals. I don't believe in the Sixers. Um, And look, I don't want to put too much into Thursday night. James Harden had an off night, 0 for 10 from two-point range. You're typically not going to see that. But I just see the Nets, who again were a whisker away from taking down the Bucs last season without Kyrie Irving playing in hardly any of the games that series when he got hurt. And James Harden, a hobbled Harden, with the hamstring issue, it was almost KD by himself beating the eventual champion Bucks. What's going to happen if you get Kyrie Irving for an entire series? And also Ben Simmons. I, I think it's the Nets. I do. So I am imploring you, bet on the Nets. Plus 260 to get to the finals. Do it. I'm also looking for ways to circumvent the salary cap so to speak, right? Like I've said, I'm not going to be betting for Lent until Easter. So if you want to throw down some change for me on the nets and then I can get, no, 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 we're not going to do that. I'll stick to it. I'll stick to it. You know, stick to the sacrifice over here. Now, one other thing here while we're talking about hoops. So the Lakers beat the wizards. Wow. It's a, it's a big night for the Lakers taking down the whiz had to come back, but it's a win. It's a win counts in the win column, right? And LeBron James, he went for 50 points. Now, half props and a little bit of criticism for LeBron James. So LeBron drops 50 on the heels of dropping 56. That is an insane accomplishment by LeBron. So LeBron, he's done something that no one over the age of 37 has done. He's got multiple 50-point games. He dropped 56 earlier. Uh, just a week ago against the Warriors, and then 50 points Friday night against the Wizards. First player in NBA history with multiple 50-point games after turning 37. So props to him on that. The criticism goes back to that loss against Houston. And LeBron not taking the easy layup. This is actually how it sounded on Lakers television from Spectrum Sportsnet. Going to the rim, here he comes. 
opportunity. He had the reverse layup. Wow. Man, that is, that's damning audio right there. That's the Lakers TV crew. That's the Rockets. The Lakers are like, what are you doing over? Why would you not take the layup? Like, <laughs> that's what drives me crazy about LeBron's career, mainly, is just not putting his head down and making something happen on his own, saying, I, I thought Melo had the better look. It's like, bro, you're LeBron James. You're a freight train. You know? Just draw contact. Get to the free throw line. What are we doing? But with that being said, he still dropped 56 against the Lakers and 50 against the Wizards. So props to him on that. But I want to see him be more assertive in situations like that. All right, coming up next. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it'll never happen. Ah, yes, what's going on? I hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Lots to get into. Lots going on. You know what's funny to me about the NFL? It's funny how a lot of people just have amnesia. Not just fans. NFL teams. I'm just seeing this. was tweeted out a few minutes ago by Pro Football Talk. Marcus Mariota is confident he'll have opportunities in free agency. And hey, I'm, uh, he might get one. But it's a funny thing is I've been hearing about Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota getting a real chance to start again. I'm just shaking my head like, don't, don't, don't we know the deal by now? I, what are we doing? I, I think this, right? It's funny how if you look at Carson Wentz, think of quarterbacks as if they're stocks, you know? And sometimes the stock is higher than it should be or lower than it should be. I think that's how quarterbacks are assessed and appraised, if they will. You think if you just went to the pawn shop and said, hey, what could I get for this? You know, If you look at Carson Wentz either as a stock, like it would be plummeting right now. I don't think it's accurate. I just think that's the mainstream opinion of Carson Wentz. I think a lot of people play follow the leader here. The Colts were out, just out on this guy. Don't want him. They don't have an obvious plan B. They don't like, I don't, we don't care. We're done. And I think a lot of people have followed suit. It's like, I'm not sitting here telling you Carson Wentz walks on water. He's not awesome, but his 2021 season with the Colts is not nearly as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be. And so I think Carson Wentz's stock is too low. I think he's being appraised way too low. And meanwhile, we've got guys like Mitchell Trubisky who totally flamed out with the Bears. And Marcus Mariota totally flamed out with Tennessee. And now their names are surfacing. It's like, not just backup options, but hey, maybe we'll go down this road as a a starter. Like, what? (laughs) I just don't understand. And you could talk yourself into anything if you wanted to. Mitchell Trubisky, you could say, well, hey, with Matt Nagy, and this is partially true, Matt Nagy did not put Mitchell Trubisky in the positions to maximize his talents. I truly believe that. Matt Nagy was trying to get Mitchell Trubisky to be a drop-back quarterback. That's not what he does. He uses his athleticism, move the pocket, you know, get him outside. I think that Nagy was largely trying to make Trubisky be something he wasn't. So if you look at that and you say, okay, if he's in a different situation, we utilize his strengths better, focus on that. 
yeah, maybe you get a better version. But what's the ceiling, the legitimate ceiling? This guy, all of a sudden, the light bulb is going to turn on, and this dude, he's not only going to be better than average, he's going to be a true difference maker. Like, what? You're just hoping for something that's not going to happen. So I just think it's hilarious where Carson Wentz will be dogged. Kirk Cousins, by many, dogged. Cousins put up numbers last year. So the league leaders in passer rating. Top five guy. That's good. Could do a lot worse than that. And yet, guys like Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Mariota, their names are floated out there as as possible dudes in free agency. I played this a little bit earlier. This was Adam Schefter. He was talking about the Colts. Where do they go from here? They just traded Carson Wentz. Listen to what Schefter said on SportsCenter. When we look at the free agent class, it includes Mitchell Trubisky, Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. It wouldn't be a shock if one of those quarterbacks wound up in Indianapolis. Oh my gosh, what are we do- what are we doing? Anyone who thinks that trading Carson Wentz and picking up Mitchell Trubisky is a gain, you're out of your freaking mind. Same thing with Mariota. We've seen years and years and years of worse production by both guys compared to what Carson Wentz did last year. And yet Wentz is Wentz's name right now is trash when most people talk about him. And again, I don't think it I don't think it's fitting. I don't think it's exactly on point. I think he was better in 2021 than many are making it out to be. I'll put it this way. Last thing I'll say on this. If you didn't watch one snap in the NFL last year, not one, from anybody, specifically Carson Wentz. And you just went by the mainstream mainstream opinion of what Carson Wentz did in 2021. You would think that dude was maybe the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL or turned in one of the worst seasons in the history of the NFL. And neither are true. Neither are true. I just, I, I don't think the assessment has been on point. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Now, I wanted to get to something else here. So there's been a lot of talk about the AFC West. Just how good is it really after some of these trades? You get Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. You get Khalil Mack being traded to the Chargers. And some are skeptical. There's a promo running from Cowherd. He had this take recently where he was talking about the AFC West. And okay, the Chiefs, they've won a Super Bowl, but they've had some disappointing finishes to the postseason. Goodness, look at this last year. They had a 21-3 lead against the Bengals and somehow lost the AFC Championship game. Got crushed by Tampa in another Super Bowl appearance. So they've had multiple disappointments. If you look at the Chargers, goodness, disappointments galore. The Raiders, yeah. They've disappointed more times than not in recent memory. And Denver, what have they done? Ever since Peyton Manning, a whole lot of nothing. Now... I would flip that. I look at it much differently. The way I see things, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it'll never happen. If you look at the AFC West, all those things are true. Each team has disappointed in its own way. Some more than others, right? The Chiefs winning a Super Bowl, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But the other teams, been a lot of disappointments, right? 
What's changed? Well, you get you get Russell Wilson as the Broncos quarterback with a lot of talent. That's a talented roster that they have. What else has changed? Well, you get Khalil Mack going to the Chargers. That's a big deal. You could look and say, Brian, Bears didn't win a playoff game in any of the four years that Khalil Mack was there. Okay, do you think it had something to do with, I don't know, the quarterbacks they had? <laughs> like when, when you have Justin Fields in his rookie year and Andy Dalton and Jay Cutler, and come on. Right? Like, I can understand why the Bears hadn't been winning playoff games left and right. You have Khalil Mack opposite Joey Bosa with Justin Herbert, who nobody disputes is the real deal. He is a true franchise quarterback. Guy's a stud. That can work. I think that's a big difference maker. And if you look at Denver with Russell Wilson, goodness. So you can sell me on what the AFC West hasn't done over the last five years. But look at what's just happened in the NFL. Look at who was in the Super Bowl. The Rams. What had the Rams done? Well, they made it to one Super Bowl and scored three points against the Patriots en route to a loss. Other than that, they've made it to the playoffs a couple of times under Sean McVay and done nothing. Right? What had they really done before Matthew Stafford? And by the way, before Sean McVay was there, 12 straight years, they didn't make the playoffs. So you could have easily gone into last season, oh, are we really supposed to buy Matthew Stafford? Is this guy going to be the guy who's going to make a difference? What have they done in recent history? Well, guess what? They won the Super Bowl. Okay, I don't care what their recent history was. Look at the Bengals. Good Lord. Another great example. You could have played this card all day heading into the season last year. If you're going by recent history, it's not even just recent. You could go by the last three decades the Bengals hadn't won a playoff game. More than enough reason to doubt them. They were 25-1 to long shots to win their division. They were 125-1 to long shots to win the Super Bowl. Same as the Jets and the Jags heading into the season. That blows me away. Think about the seasons the Jets and the Jags had last year. If you combine their wins, they still wouldn't have made the playoffs. <laughs> they still wouldn't have had enough wins to be a playoff team. If you combine their win totals, right? They had the same odds as the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. And the Bengals got there and nearly won it. So this idea of, well, if you go by the recent history and what's happened in the past, it doesn't mean it's automatically just going to keep repeating and repeating and repeating. That's not how sports works. It's just not how it goes. And so when you look at the AFC West, if you sit here and say, oh, well, what have the Chargers ever done? What have the Bengals ever done? Okay? They got a real quarterback in Joe Burrow, made some really shrewd moves draft-wise, free agency-wise, and they almost won the whole freaking thing. Why can't that happen for Denver? Why can't that happen for the Chargers? Why not? (laughs) Who doubts the Chiefs? The Chiefs are... One of the toughest teams in football. They're a juggernaut with... When Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, you have a chance every single year to win a Super Bowl. Okay? And the Raiders, if that's the ugly duckling in that division, compare the Raiders, a playoff team last year, who shouldn't just fall on its face and win three games next season. Like Compare them to some of the bottom feeders. 
if the Raiders, who are 10-7, and seven, by the way, if they fall back to the basement, compare them to Jacksonville, the Jets, the Giants won four games last season. The Lions were 3-13-1. The Panthers stunk out loud. Like You could go with some third-place teams that the Raiders are going to be way better than. The Falcons were 7-10. The Bears were 6-11. Washington was 7-10. Like the Raiders are going to be better than... Houston was 4-13. The Raiders in last place, if again, I don't know that they will, but if they're in last place in the AFC West, they're probably going to be better than multiple third-place teams in other divisions. So that is a heck of a division, man. I I just don't think it makes sense to look at the recent history and what the AFC West hasn't done. It's all about what's different now. And when you upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke to Russell Wilson, my Lord, that is significant. So I look at more being a potential Rams-Bengals turnaround than, well... They've stunk since Peyton Manning left and are probably going to continue to stink. I just, I don't look at it the same way. I don't see it that way at all. And I also think if you take it a step further and you look at it from a quarterback perspective, this could arguably be the best quarterback division in the history of the NFL. You're going to have to go back in the archives. The one thing that's weird about this, we had realignment in 2002 where we get four teams in each division. You go old school, there are times where you had six teams in the same division, mostly five teams in the same division. It's not the same argument, right? If you have five or six teams in one division, I think you have a better chance of having some significant QB talent. You know, When you get to these eight different divisions with four teams apiece, look at what you have here in the AFC West. You've got Mahomes, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. Russell Wilson, first ballot Hall of Famer, zero doubt. You have Justin Herbert, who is trending to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Dude is a stud. And Derek Carr? Again, if Derek Carr is the ugly duckling, if he's the... Remember Sesame Street? One of these things is not like the other. If Derek Carr isn't the first ballot Hall of Famer and... You know, isn't the difference maker that the other guys are? You could do a whole lot worse than Derek Carr. If he's the guy that's the caboose on this train, that's a pretty good caboose. You start going division by division and looking at the quarterbacks, look at the AFC North. You've got Burrow and Lamar Jackson and what? Baker and who are the Steelers going to get? Like, Just look at some of these divisions. All right, the Bills in the AFC East. Josh Allen's a stud. Mac Jones had a good rookie season. And then what? Tua Tungavailoa looks to be completely average. Zach Wilson, who knows? After one season, jury's still out. But you compare that to what the AFC West has? It's night and day. It's not even close. So, no, I look at the AFC West and say, good luck. Think about it that way. If you are the uh, the Raiders and saying, we got Denver with Russell Wilson, we've got the Chargers with Justin Herbert, and now the Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack two-headed monster. And oh, by the way, there's this dude Mahomes and the Chiefs. They just got to the AFC Championship game last season. Holy hell. Like There's six games right there. It's going to be like Murderer's Row. 
You compare that to some other divisions? I mean, goodness. If you're Tampa, even without Tom Brady, look at the rest of that division. Who's playing quarterback for the Saints? Is it still Jameis? How is he after a torn ACL if he's even there? The Falcons. You talk about roster holes and Carolina. Who's their quarterback? What are they... Look at Tampa Look from their perspective. Even if you take a team like uh, like Carolina, right? Let's take the team in last place. It's like, all right, we got to deal with Tampa. But who's their quarterback? We got to deal with the Saints, but they're in salary cap hell. And who's their QB? And then we got the Falcons to deal with. Like Carolina, your division, much more favorable. The Raiders <laughs> in that division, oh my Lord, it's tough. No, so I look at the AFC West, glass half full, not glass half empty. You Spare me with what the AFC West hasn't done in recent memory. Now I'm looking at what they're capable of doing this coming season. I, I, it's, they've got some impressive, impressive talent, man. They have majorly upgraded. All right, feel free to check in. 877-99 on Fox. The gauntlet was thrown down by Manuel. Uh, for our guy Gunner. I, I thought Gunner was going to be chesty. You know, I saw the Timberwolves lost to a sucky team the other night. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe Gunner is just like, you know, I, I'm going to take a week off from calling here. You know, I don't know if that's what it, what's going on. But anyway, feel free to check in. Love being interactive. Love getting you on and, uh, you know, talking some ball. All right, coming up next, we've got props for Chris and a trendy betting selection. Is this smart or is it throwing some cash away? I'm Brian No. Stay with us here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, so some props here for Chris, our trusted technical producer here. Cole just checks in and says, I highly recommend the new Batman. And something in the way's placement in the soundtrack is brilliant. Great choice by Chris. If you missed it earlier, Chris... He was vouching for uh, the new Batman movie. Yeah, and with Nirvana's uh, song "Something in the Way." Yeah, Robert Pattinson as as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. So, and yeah, no, I agree with him. Uh, "Something in the Way" is like the one pop, like you know, pop song to the soundtrack they use, and it it fits well. And I heard they they basically chose it because it basically has the same baseline as the theme that plays throughout the movie. Which is kind of a brilliant theme, considering it's only basic. It's only, its main part is basically only two notes, now, but it you, works. But you go something in the way you go pop song on that, huh? I, I I mean I'm trying to think of the right term. I know it's like different from a score. I guess it's the soundtrack part. What I'm basically saying is it's not like an original orchestral piece to the overall you know sound of the movie. It's it's used like. Kind of like with you know Goodfellas, it's all it's all like music that's taken from elsewhere. It's a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I forget the actual like proper terminology, so I'm probably when I say pop, I'm basically floundering around looking for the right word to describe like an actual like a licensed song in the movie versus a score. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I do love the unplugged version that Nirvana did at that. I mean, song. that unplugged is like it's tremendous. I was just I was just having this conversation with. Uh, my podcast buddies, because we we someone asked us like you know to list our top five favorite albums of all time. Oh. I didn't have I didn't have Nevermind or Unplugged on there, but thinking about it, un, the their MTV Unplugged album probably belongs in that top five. Wow, man, you're gonna I'm gonna have to give some thought to this top five albums of all time. Right, this is just I, I mean, your my, personal favorite. Yeah, right? I, 
well, because my top one was like by a band probably no one's heard of, Baroness, the Blue Record, which is a religious experience to me. But I also included some like some stuff that I kind of respected, like you know, Death Grips Money Store, um, Prodigy, Fat of the Land, Violator by Depeche Mode. And then, yeah, I'd probably give one of those spots in the five now to either Nevermind or the MTV Unplugged for Nirvana. I haven't decided. I haven't decided which. Man, I, I'm gonna have to do some homework on this. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be littered with metal, of course. You oh know yeah, that. no, my original yeah. five also had like Dope Throne by Electric Wizard. Like I was totally going deep in the re- in the crates for it. You know, I'll give some thought to this and report back to you, Chris. At least with a, I, I'm sure I'm sure you're five. gonna have several Metallica on there. I don't know. I don't know. I'll report back. Because like, report it's back different from having like a lot of favorite songs on an album. We're talking like full album experience. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you're totally. listening front to back and there's no fat anywhere. There's no tracks you're skipping. Eh. It's basically like you are putting on a 12-inch vinyl record and you're just listening both sides. I, I give a little bit of grace uh, when it comes to like trimming the fat. There might be a, maybe a song. Maybe one. That maybe you fast one. forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe one. All right, before we get to K-Fig, let me go out to the phones here real fast. Bob is over there in Tennessee, wants to talk some ball. Welcome in, Bob. How are things going, buddy? Hey, man, things are great. But, hey, just you know, quickly saying, if you go back and look, that Nirvana Unplugged changed the whole concept of Unplugged. Oh, Put yeah. It on a whole new level, all by itself. Before then, it was kind of like, you know, fun and games like, but... Like I said, Kurt and them kids, man, they kicked it so hard, it just changed the whole thing. So. Yeah, I agree with you. It was tremendous. All right. Well, hey, when I woke up, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday, and I heard that Russell Wilson was uh, taken by the Broncos, uh, it brightened my whole week, man, because I'm really looking forward to what's coming at us this season because, Brian, I'm going to run something by you. If you go back and look when Russell Wilson first came in the league, okay, he he took Matt Flynn's job away from him in training camp after the Seahawks gave this guy a huge contract. And when he came in, he was just like Patrick Mahomes. He took the league by storm. Excellent numbers, long ball, beautiful throws. Every You know, this mm-hmm. kid was, was a baller right out of the gate and everybody knew it and and i was telling your screener yeah there's a few years between them but when i look back and i look back you know at russell wilson and i look at patrick Mahomes, i literally see the same guy Mm. well it's gonna be fun man seeing wilson and and mahomes twice a year that's gonna be tremendous yes sir man high entertainment Without a doubt. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. you. Yeah, good stuff, Bob. Yeah, I guess that's the other thing is uh, this is a win for the NFL. It's not just a win for the Broncos. You know, after K-Fig's update, it's it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I've seen and heard too much Russell Wilson doubt. Not everybody is there. Some people give him his just due. I still think he's a dynamic stud, but not everybody's there. We'll get to that coming up, but... uh, Let's make some room for K-Fig over here. 
bringing us, bringing us up to date. Uh, what do we need to know here in the sports world, K-Fig? Well, we need to know there's another dynamic stud still balling out in the NBA at the age of 37 years old. LeBron James, 50 points, 18 of 25 shooting, leading the Lakers to a 122-109 to 109 victory over Washington on Friday night. Even with this performance, L.A. has won just two of their last eight games. Toronto upset Phoenix 117-112. to 112. Gary Trent Jr., eight three-pointers on the night, 42 points total. Greg Popovich passing Don Nelson for most regular season victories by a coach after San Antonio defeated Utah. 37 points for John Moran as Memphis defeated the Knicks. Atlanta, Miami, Dallas, and Charlotte with victories. Boston has won 18 of their last 21 games. Their latest victim, the Detroit Pistons, on Friday by the score of 114-103. to College Hoops UCLA and Arizona will face off for the Pac-12 title tonight after they picked up victories over USC and Colorado, respectively. That will tip off at 9 Eastern on Fox TV. San Diego State and Boise State will compete for the Mountain West Championship. Michigan State and Purdue with victories in the Big Ten. Texas Tech and Kansas won their semifinal matchups in the Big 12. Villanova and Creighton advance to the Big East final. Creighton, Mollywatt Providence, 85-58. In baseball news, the Dodgers agreed to a one-year contract with Clayton Kershaw. The rival Giants signing Carlos Rodon to a two-year contract. Back to Brian No. By the way, I had two fake bets on oh, Friday. Okay. Okay, Fig. I split. So I took the Lakers. They were trailing at the time. I like these in-game bets. But I mm-hmm. had the Lakers uh, minus 110 at the time to okay. come back and beat the Wizards. So that hit. You know, figuratively, because it wasn't yeah, an actual yeah. bet. <laughs> yeah. And then I also had the Suns. The Suns were outscoring the Raptors 20-6 to in the fourth quarter at the time. Mm. It's a tie game. And Phoenix was just favored by a point and a half. I'm wow. like, this got the Suns written all over it. Are you kidding me? I would have loaded up on the Suns. And they lost yeah. to Toronto. So, yeah. But no harm, no foul. They didn't yeah, cost no, you anything, you know? Nothing at all. Yeah. Fake bets, no real bets until Easter. And this doesn't know? even go against your actual record, right? This is all pr- these are pr- practice bets. So I mean, it's like yeah. you, if your overall record is like one thousand, you know, wins to the two thousand losses, <laughs> none of this matters. <laughs> no, doesn't go on the actual record there no. at all. Now, should I deem it fake bets or practice bets? What do you think? Practice bets. It's like practice the like, bets, it's like the yeah. pra- the SAT practice test. You know, yeah, doesn't really yeah, count like for that. much, but you still feel pretty good about it if you got a good score. You know, kind of like preseason, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, exhibition. We're getting ready for the real season. Right. Yeah, I like that. Good stuff, Mm K-Fig. Okay, so uh, I just mentioned where there seems to be a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to Russell Wilson. There's too much doubt. I'm not saying there's nothing but doubters out there, but I think there are too many doubters of Russell Wilson. And I think that last year, Russ just didn't meet the standard that he typically meets. That doesn't mean that he just flat out sucked last year. If you look at what he did, he was among the league leaders in passer rating. He's tied for fourth in the NFL. He suffered the first major injury of his career. Had that broken finger, missed three games. Basically like three and a half games. Because he missed the end of that game against the Rams. And it took him a little bit of time to get back into the swing of things. And I don't know, it, it just... It created an impression in the minds of a lot of fans where I remember they got shut out by the Packers 17 to nothing and Russ he had some inaccurate throws when he first came back and he just didn't look like himself and maybe that's what made the impression in the minds of a lot of fans the ones that sell him short right now in my estimation I just think that I think that being a fan is Often the way it works in corporate America 
I've had this theory for a long time. Corporate America, like the boss that you have, that person is too busy to be completely accurate. That's the way it works in corporate America. So what do bosses do? They take a a handful of big picture things and then they just kind of guess about the rest. (laughs) That's really it. That's your assessment. So make good impressions with the big picture stuff. Because the little stuff, like you screw up here, there, if it doesn't make a big impression, it's probably not going to matter. That's the way it typically works. And I think it works like that with fans a lot of the times also. Or maybe you saw Russell Wilson in a primetime game or when he came back and they got shut out against the Packers and it's in the late afternoon window. I don't know. Whatever it was, that created a much bigger impression in the minds of a lot of fans. If you look at his numbers... 25 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Tied for 4th in passer rating. That's just pretty good. (laughs) But because Russell Wilson has been a flat-out baller for years and didn't meet that same standard, I think it was largely blown out of proportion. Just what his performance was last year. I think the dude is still dynamic. I've called him Russell Copperfield for the longest time. He's been a magician for years back there. I think that is a huge upgrade for the Denver Broncos. They have a chance to make real noise with that guy behind center. And I've just heard and read too much saying the opposite. Uh, Well, you know, he's starting to slow down in terms of being this dual threat guy. He's not the same threat with his legs as he once was. And eh, he took a step back last season and that's eh, a loaded division. That just seems to be the vibe with the Broncos getting Russ. I just, I don't agree at all. I see it completely differently. That is gigantic. And like, look at the Broncos. They've been at least winning games. They haven't been a total dumpster fire with who at quarterback. That's the thing. If you just look at the Broncos, the last handful of years. Ever since Peyton Manning, they haven't made the playoffs. But if you look, there have been a couple of years. 9-7, and 7-9, seven, seven and 7-10. Seven and That's not just we're picking third overall. We just won three games. You know what I mean? And that's with Trevor Simeon, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco led the team in passing yardage. He threw for over 1,800 yards in 2019. 1,800 is nothing. They still went 7-9. and nine. <laughs> They played really good defense for a while now. And they also had Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as their leading passers. And uh, they haven't completely and utterly bottomed out. So with a real quarterback... Denver has a real chance to make significant noise. I just, I don't know why Russ has been doubted by as many people as he has. And again, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. Not everybody is doing that. But for the people out there that are, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that doubt Russ. I just don't get it. I don't understand that. I mean, there's a difference between Russ not having a Russ-like season last year and this guy is basically washed you know, he's not even close to the same version he's been. I, I, I think that's going too far with it. And <laughs> that's a haul. 
Seattle does get a haul for Russ. That's the other part of this. Do you think that a quarterback that is washed, that has taken a significant step back, that's not close to what he once was, do you think a quarterback like that is getting two first and, uh, a first and second round pick this year, a first and second round pick next year, and three other players thrown in? Oh, and a fifth round pick as well. Do you think that? Like, the Broncos know that Russ is a true difference maker. And yeah, you could say they're desperate, and they were. But I think their their desperation, they didn't go bonkers here. It's not like they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo and gave up that type of compensation where it's like, good Lord, what are you guys doing over here? They traded for Russell Wilson. Who's in his early 30s? You know? Like, I think that makes complete sense. And when you look at the nightmares that they've had behind center, more times than not here, you just roll off some of these names that have started since Peyton Manning retired, where it's guys like Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler and Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing here? Of course, it makes all the sense in the world to get Russell Wilson. And, uh, man... I, I think it's going to be way, way easier said than done for the Seahawks to find a true difference maker. They might not ever find a quarterback as talented as Russell Wilson again, ever. But just to find a serviceable guy, you know, like we're talking better than average, gives you a legitimate shot to win a Super Bowl year in and year out. Good luck. It sure isn't going to be Drew Locke, I'll tell you that. But even having first and second round picks this year and next year, I I don't know that they're going to find a quarterback with either their picks or making a trade. It's certainly not going to happen in free agency with the duds out there this season. I, I just don't know where they go from quarterback from here. Wouldn't it be insane? What if they pull the Packers and go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers or the Colts from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck? You know, one of those things. They go from Russell Wilson and somehow they wind up with Deshaun Watson, right? <laughs> if that happens, cancel everything I just said. That's going to be easier said than done to find a true difference maker. Okay, coming up next, we get to uh, the betting portion of the show, right? Uh, you might not bet a dime, and that's fine. You're just like me until Easter. I'm not betting at all. But there is one NFL team a lot of people think very highly of. I don't think you should. So I'll share that story with you around the corner. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. So yeah, there is a trendy NFL team on the betting market. That would be the San Francisco 49ers. According to BetMGM, the Niners are getting nearly a third of the handle to win the NFC. So to get to the uh, Super Bowl, and I mean, you start looking at the process of elimination and who are the contenders in the NFC? Certainly the Rams will be back in the mix. You know, Green Bay will be there. And then you start thinking, well, gosh, can we trust Arizona? Can we trust Tampa? Who's going to be their quarterback? Can we trust Dallas? So you get a little bit longer odds with the the Niners, most likely making a quarterback change, and people are loading up on the Niners here. 
The other part of this is not only are betters lining up to uh, fork down some cash on the Niners, they're also doing that for Trey Lance to be the MVP. Now this, I think, is more radical. Because look, you can you can make it to the Super Bowl with an average quarterback. It's happened many times. There are teams that have won the Super Bowl with an average quarterback. You just can't be a contender year in and year out with an average guy. But you can have one of those crazy years where things come together. It happens. But Trey Lance is the third most popular MVP vet bet right now. So you've got Josh Allen, Bills quarterback, and Russell Wilson, the new Broncos quarterback. Those are one, two in the MVP betting market right now. Followed by Trey Lance. Trey Lance opened at 80 to 1 to be MVP this coming season. And because there have been so many bets, it's it's gone down to 66 to 1. I think that's throwing your money away. I would, I would say that it's throwing your money away. Um, and look, I don't know that Trey Lance is going to be a complete dud as the Niners starting quarterback next season. But MVP level, first year starter. After the two starts we saw, I, I, yeah, I'm going to say that's a reach. I'm going to say that is a dramatic reach right there. All right, let's go out to the phones here. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Let's go to Cowboy, a little Cowboy's Corner if we shall. What's going on, Cowboy? Uh, oh, nothing much, Brian. Uh, uh, I understand that um, Deion Sanders had a couple of toes amputated, so get well soon, Coach Prime. No, Russell Wilson isn't washed. Welcome back, MLB. And Mitt Romney, 75 today. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron Jeremy, 69. But uh, since he was uh, charged with quite a few uh, sexual harassment uh, charges, he might spend some a few years behind bars. And um, uh, uh, the old National League outfielder, Dale Murphy, 66 today. He's two days older than my boy, Jamie Loxton. Daryl Strawberry, another known National League outfielder, is 60 today. Uh, Billy Mantle, who was Mickey Mantle's son, died uh, 28 years ago today in a uh, rehab facility. He was only 36. One of his brothers has a birthday next week. And another one of his brothers uh, would have been uh, 69 on um, April 12th, like my cousins Donnie and Ronnie Turner. But he died at the end of 2000 at the age of 47 of cancer. And tomorrow, uh, Will the Thrill Clark will be 58. And marvelous Marvin Hagler, the old um, middleweight title holder, died a year ago uh, at age 67. And anyway, uh, Brian, you have a great um, week and have a great St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy it responsibly. I'll speak to people tomorrow, uh, probably next Saturday. Well, bye. Thank you very much, Cowboy. Good stuff. Wow. Will Clark, did he say he's turning 58? Will the thrill? I remember having Happy a birthday. school. Will Clark baseball card when I was a kid. I have to double check this, but off memory, it said his nickname was Nuschler or something like that. It was based on the funny expressions he made. He made these really funny faces when he was uh, in the batter's box. I have to double check that. I could have that totally wrong, but I, I think that was the thing. Of course, Ron Jeremy would be turning 69, right? I mean, that's, that would make sense. Strawberry 60. It's crazy where, I mean, look, this shouldn't be a surprise. I'm 44 now. But uh, 
I don't know what it is. When you throw out names like Daryl Strawberry's turning 60, it's like, yeah, that's about what he is. But it's just, it's still, there's a shock factor that shouldn't be there. Like, he's 60, how, what? It's like, yeah, man, Strawberry was, like, the 80s and 90s were a long time ago. So, uh, good stuff with Cowboy right there. By the way, while we're talking about betting, Anthony Simons, Blazers guard, is out for one to two weeks, got a knee injury. You might want to bet everything you own against the Blazers. Just pick a game here or there, whatever. You could make a boatload. That that is a G League team right now with the amount of injuries they have. I'll check the betting lines for you. I'll get back to you. Okay, coming up next, desperation can lead to really stupid decisions. A couple of examples of that next. Ah, yes, what's going on? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. By the way, a little bit of bookkeeping here. I checked it out. Cowboy was telling us about Will Clark. Remember Will the Thrill? San Francisco Giants great. He turned 58. And I remember reading on the back of one of his baseball cards something about Nushler. It's his middle name. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's either Nushler or Nushler, something like that. Uh, But yeah, that's his middle name. But I remember reading something about the funny expressions that he had all the time. That was kind of his trait in the batter's box. But yeah, I, I didn't remember it exactly correctly. Nushler turned out to be his middle name. So there you go. little bookkeeping for you right there. But uh, we move on to quarterbacks right here. And feel free to check in. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Wide open this hour. Wide open. I want to start with... Uh, Deshaun Watson. So that was some of the major news in the NFL on Friday. The Texans quarterback will not face criminal charges. A grand jury in Harris County, Texas, they de- they declined to indict Watson. They rejected all nine criminal complaints presented to it. So there are actually 10 criminal complaints, but due to the first nine being rejected, Uh, The 10th one was basically thrown out, right? So this follows a police investigation. It's, of course, sparked by lawsuits filed by 22 women who have accused him of harassment and sexual assault. Now, here's the thing. It's, It's a little tricky to talk about because if something did happen... I feel really weird saying, well, he's a step closer to getting back on the football field. You know what I mean? Like... It's, I, I really don't know how to approach it exactly correctly. Where it reminds me of the movie Training Day, where Denzel, one of the, the lines in the movie was, It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. And I have just this, this feeling that it could be the case where there's a lot of smoke for there to be no fire whatsoever. And I would tend to think that it's possible Deshaun did a a few things that were inappropriate. How that's proven to be, I I don't know. I don't know how you prove that. Whether it's, you know, your version of what happened and the other side got a different version of what happened. So we'll see what happens with these civil lawsuits that are still pending. There's still 22 pending civil lawsuits. But in terms of the football side of this, the criminal complaints being dismissed is a huge step toward Deshaun Watson getting back on the football field. And I know it's a sports show, so we look at it from the sports side of of things. 
I just don't want it to be like, ah, well, no criminal charges, on with life. You know, I, I don't know exactly the right way to talk about it perfectly. I don't think there is a way to talk about it perfectly. Um, if something inappropriate did happen, I would want him to pay the price. If nothing inappropriate did happen, then I would want him to not be punished. So it depends on where you think the truth lies, and it's very hard to know exactly what it is if you have no firsthand knowledge of this situation. So I think for a sports show, if we're looking at the sports side of things, it's a step closer for for Deshaun to get back on the football field. Now, something else you have to keep in mind, Big Ben, he was suspended for six games with no criminal charges. Um, And that, I believe, was reduced. But uh, same thing with Ezekiel Elliott, where he was suspended for six games, no criminal charges. So you still could see something similar with Deshaun Watson. Now, the other thing that's different with Deshaun, he didn't play at all for an entire 2021 season. So will the NFL factor that in when it's assessing which punishment to hand out? Should it hand out a punishment? All this is still up in the air. But there are a lot of teams that are interested in Deshaun Watson, the football player, because he's a dynamic player. And we'll see what happens with the 22 civil lawsuits. Obviously, that's a big portion of the the legal situation that remains for Deshaun. And the teams are going to weigh, all right, if he's missing half the season or six games, that's nothing really in the grand scheme of things. Deshaun Watson, from a football perspective, the guy's 26 years old. He could be one of the top quarterbacks for another decade. The six or eight games, whatever, he would be suspended for. That's really nothing in the grand scheme of things for a team trying to get Deshaun Watson, the football player. I'll put it this way. That's not going to scare a team off. Really, look at the quarterback market right now. The free agency class sucks. The draft class is not highly sought after. It doesn't mean that all the quarterbacks are going to be duds, but you don't have those top prospects that you've had in years past, right? So there's not the same sizzle with the draft. And what, are you going to trade for Jimmy G? Like, what are your real options at this point? Russell Wilson's off the market. Aaron Rodgers is re-signed. Are you going to go all in for Jimmy G? (laughs) Package a handful of picks to get Jimmy G? Like, Deshaun Watson... If he's cleared of his legal situation here, he's a rock star on the open market. So there are going to be many teams that are are seeking Deshaun Watson as their quarterback of the future. So a six or an eight game suspension, that's going to mean anything. There are up to 10 NFL teams right now that are actively monitoring Deshaun's legal situation. That is the news. And some of these teams makes obvious sense. Carolina looks for looking for a quarterback. Seattle just got rid of Desha- of uh, Russell Wilson. The Saints, you know, my Dolphins. Been a Dolphins fan since I was a kid. I just I crack up when they're like, "Oh no no no, we're not interested anymore." Yeah right. BS. You kidding me? That's just they can't say that publicly. Like, oh yeah, we're monitoring it, and if things so happen to work out, then yeah, we'll be in the mix. Like, no, they have to to deny that. But if the opportunity really presented itself, the Dolphins would be in the front of the line. I truly believe that. I don't believe for a second that they've moved on from Deshaun Watson. Like, eh, we're not interested. Yeah, yeah, you are. 
Yeah, you are. Uh, so we'll see what happens with his uh, legal situation going forward. Now, Deshaun Watson did meet with the media briefly. This was after the uh, criminal charges were dropped. This is a portion of what Deshaun had to say. It's definitely a, a very emotional uh, moment for me. Um, I know we're, we're far from being done of, of handling what we need to handle um, on the legal side, but today is definitely a big day. I'm going to keep fighting to, to rebuild my name and rebuild my appearance in the community. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to, on the legal side, off the field, handle what we need to handle, but also ready to get back on the field, being prepped for that and, and, and ready to go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Curious to see where it goes from here. And, uh, I mean, you just, I, I start wondering what what the price would be for a team to get Deshaun Watson. We just saw what happened with Russell Wilson. That would be the closest comparison. And Russell Wilson is, you know, he's six years older, right around there, than Deshaun Watson. And Russell Wilson, the haul for him, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, and three players, two of them starters. Like That's a lot. So for Deshaun Watson... And look, it's the cost of doing business. I think it's a, a great move by the Broncos. You have a talented roster. You, you got to get a quarterback. They haven't had one since Peyton Manning. It's totally worth it. But what would the Texans get for Deshaun Watson? And the other part is, you know, with the dominoes changing here, uh, time is not in the favor of the Texans. Like the Texans won a resolution with these 22 Uh, pending civil lawsuits as quickly as possible. That's obvious because the draft isn't that far away and you're starting to see some of the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is re-signed. Denver is not in the market for a quarterback any longer, right? Washington isn't in the market. So all of a sudden that pool is shrinking, shrinking, shrinking a little bit. So you want to make a move sooner than later. The Texans do because you want as competitive of a market as possible to drive the price tag up. That's the way it goes. So I think the timing has a lot to do with what the price tag would be. If it's today, it's got to be equal to what Denver just gave up for Russell Wilson. Has to be. Deshaun Watson is a flat-out baller and younger. But if it's later, right, if it doesn't get cleared up until after the draft, per se, like... Maybe a team has just drafted Malik Willis or drafted Kenny Pickett, and they're like, well, we're not willing to give up five picks and a few players to get to Sean Watson. So the timing of this is going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Again, 877-99 on Fox. It is your phone number if you want to check in. I also think if we're talking about QBs, the Carson Wentz dynamic is so interesting to me. You could argue that Washington gave up too much pair of third round picks. The uh, 2023 third round pick could become a second rounder if Wentz uh, plays 70% of the snaps, which he most likely will do unless he's injured. You could argue that Washington gave up too much just to get Carson Wentz. Like if they're willing to give that up for Wentz, think about what a team is willing to give up for Deshaun Watson. It's going to be a ton. But the interesting thing with Wentz is It shows how desperation can lead to stupid decisions. I think the two teams involved in the Carson Wentz trade are both desperate and both did something stupid. 
And you could argue who was more stupid than the other, but I think at the end of the day, both moves were stupid. If you look at Indy, it's not just dealing Carson Wentz. It's initially trading for Carson Wentz. If you're trading a first and a third to get Carson Wentz for one season, and then you're moving him without a first-round pick anymore, without a clear plan B, I just I don't see how you upgrade. I think it would have made sense for the Colts, who are already in for $15 million, had Washington not traded for Carson Wentz, right? So Indy was already on the hook for $15 million. They were thinking about releasing Carson Wentz and having to swallow $15 million. That makes no sense. None. So Washington did them a favor. They're picking up the $28 million tab, the total tab for Carson Wentz, right? And they gave up a couple of picks in the process. So that helps Indy out. Great, but all right, so what's the move now? Are you going to trade? You're going to give up more compensation to get who? Jimmy G? Jimmy G is a better looking Carson Wentz. That's, that's it, right? He's not a true difference maker. He needs a lot around him to have results. That's what we've seen throughout Jimmy G's entire career. <laughs> Jimmy G is not a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. He's not. They're very comparable. So that's the solution. What is it to draft a guy that's not a hot prospect that might turn out to be another Carson Wentz? Some of the the tweets are interesting to me where uh, someone wrote that uh, if the Eagles get Deshaun Watson, look for the Eagles uh, to trade Jalen Hurts to the Colts. And my thing was, okay, then the Colts are basically in the same spot without a difference maker as a quarterback. And they're still looking for one, right? Like, I don't know. There's a difference between making a change for the sake of making a change and making a change that actually makes you better. And I think the Colts, this is more making a change for the sake of making a change. I don't see how making this change gets them in a better spot. Not unless something radical happens where the Texans trade Deshaun Watson to a team in their own division. That's not going to happen. So it's either draft a guy or get Jimmy G. I don't see that gets you to a better spot at all. I don't see it. And for Washington, goodness, you talk about desperation. They originally offered a fourth rounder and a sixth rounder. But once Russell Wilson was off the market, that turned into a pair of third round picks and the one in 2023 could become a second rounder. Oh, and they're going to pick up the entire $28 million tab. That's that's a desperate move right there. <laughs> like, I understand. Like, Look, Wentz is better than Taylor Heineke. Let's not become stupid here. I know Wentz isn't like this rock star QB and he has a horrible reputation right now. He's better than Taylor Heineke. Let's not be idiots here. All right? Um, so yeah, they upgrade and look for, you can make the argument also the numbers that Wentz put up last season are in this day and age worthy of paying $28 million for dead serious here. Would you say it's, it's money well spent for the Washington commanders to get a quarterback that instead of, let's see what Taylor Heineke did last year. It's not all about numbers, but it gives you an, an idea. 
So Taylor Heineke, 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He's 25th in passer rating, right? 85.9. Is it, uh, is it worth upgrading to what Carson Wentz did? 27 touchdowns, 7 picks. So what, that's uh, quick math here. 7 more touchdowns, 8 fewer interceptions than Taylor Heineke. Give you about 10 more points in passer rating. I mean, that In this day and age of quarterbacks... Yeah, that's probably worth in the neighborhood of 28 mil. It really is. I mean, look, Carson Wentz put up better numbers than Derek Carr last year. Derek Carr is making good money. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty much the going rate. So, yeah, Washington asked, they, they made a desperate move, but, but I also think that's being blown out of proportion also. It's just that Carson Wentz's reputation is in the gutter. I don't think that's the reality. Of where it, I don't think that's actually where it should be, but make no mistake, that's what most people think about the guy right now. All right, your comments on uh, quarterbacks and beyond, feel free to hit us up. 877-99 on Fox. A lot to do here. I'm still racking my brain, my top five albums of all time. This is tough. This is tough. Every now and then, Chris brings up a brain teaser. This is certainly one of them. Also, quick thought on, uh, I'm in the minority. I don't like seeing this go. It's not going to keep me up at night. But I'll share that story with you also. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, I'm still crunching the numbers on my uh, top five albums of all time. It's like I don't want to... <laughs> it's, it's a random story popped into my head. Bear with me for one minute. I'll go right out to the calls. You might have to come back next week with the, with the yeah. Uh, homework. Yeah, maybe. But uh, I used to take my nephews when they were younger to, uh, to toy stores. And they were the sweetest, man. We would go to the Lego, sto- Lego store and we would just be window shopping for freaking hours, you know, but they loved it. And they never asked me for stuff. But there was one time I took them to Toys R Us. This is dated because I don't think Toys R Us are even around anymore. But uh, Minnie Matt, who's my older nephew, uh, he just he took forever to make a decision. Whether uh, I think I, it might have been his birthday or something like that, I was going to buy him something. And I told him he had X amount of dollars to work with. And so it was down to a couple of toys. And it took so long, I set an alarm on my phone. I'm like, hey, Minnie, man, we got to roll. You know, you got two more minutes. And he's just waiting, waiting, waiting. So he finally makes a decision. We get to the checkout line. And he asks if he can go back and get the other toy. And he comes back to me in line and he goes, I just didn't want to have buyer's remorse. You know, (laughs) that's always stuck with me. It was hilarious. And so it's kind of how I am with the top five albums of all time. It's not technically buyer's remorse, but it's like selection remorse. You know, no, what I, mean? I, I feel it because like <laughs> I remember we did this on our live stream for, for the uh, and like immediately I had to give out three honorable mentions because I felt bad leaving them out. And I even told the guys like the request was for just for top five. And I damn near tur- turned it into top 10 for myself. And yeah. even then at 10. I was like, the order is all wrong. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm worried I'm making too many niche picks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go yeah with, my, you got to go with your heart, guys. You got to. What's your genre of choice there, Ricky? What do you get down with? <laughs> you gonna hate, you get probably Ricky. hate my music. Uh-oh. Right. What is it? What is it? Let, let me down gently. I like a 90s rock, man. Like, okay, who? Smashing Pumpkins. Okay, all right. So uh, who else would be in that mix? Like uh, Nirvana's got to definitely be in there. You got uh, some love. Toad the Wet Sprocket. Really? 
What was their main hit? Uh, they had one song that was pretty good. Probably Fly From Heaven. I any might not dinos- know it any Dinosaur Jr. in there? Nah, what about uh, you know, some Offspring, some Weezer? Really? Okay. So By it's the way, like speaking, 90s speaking, alternative. Speaking of Offspring, I didn't realize like one of their guys makes a hot sauce called Gringo Bandito. And <laughs> Very it's, good. It, I, yeah, I got their extra hot and it is like... Certain hot sauces do certain things certain well. That one is like the best hot sauce to put on pizza, hands down. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I will not put anything else on my pizza now. Let me get to, you know, I was just thinking, I need a name. Like the Maller Militia, that's a name. I need a name for the callers. Now, this is ridiculous, but it just popped in my head. Justin Cooper, who used to produce my weekend overnight show, now he's with Ben Maller on the weeknight overnight airwaves, right? But he came up with something. It was just a joke. He called it the no buddies. You know, like if if you're a fan of the show, you're a like a buddy of mine. And so it, like people liked it. It was like tongue in cheek. It was supposed to be completely silly. And uh, some people liked it. They would even hashtag nobody, you know, that type of thing. It doesn't have the same ring as the militia. You know, we'll still work on that. But in any event, let's get to uh, some of the callers here before we get to K-Fig. Steve is in Minnesota. Uh, talking some NFL with us. What's going on, Steve? Welcome to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, I'm ready to talk some NFL, but uh, just hearing the uh, music thing, too, i got to throw in some of that. I mean, first off, Heat Pumpkins are one of the greatest, but, I mean, you forgot to mention Chris Cornell, who was passed from Soundgarden. Oh, my God, he's so great. But Pantera, vulgar display of power, one of the best albums ever made. Absolutely. Steve, real fast, I have to say, that's definitely one of my top five. And I'm just crunching the numbers. I'll give you at least the top three. I don't want to have selection remorse, but you're absolutely right. Vulgar Display of Power is a must for a metal fan. No doubt. Oh, amazing music. I was going to say another amazing thing is Staffy. That was the last quarterback pick. That's going to be a decent quarterback out there right now. That's Matt Stafford and the Rams. Because after that, everybody wants to pick people that are just not there anymore. It's an empty market. No free agency. I mean, the free agency market is crap. Yeah. Drafting is going to be crap right now. I'm watching all these people. I'd rather grab a Nick Foles in the case Keesum right now than what's out there. Oh. I mean, Keenum. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. a Keesum. Case Keenum. I mean, there's just nothing out there. It's, it's a joke. And um, they're all – I mean, Russ, Russell Wilson, go. Go away. Why? I mean, why, it's going to be a crap show over there in Denver now. I, I, I just don't see any of it. I mean, I mean, I mean, Brady said he's going to go to San Fran. Yeah, I, I was hearing all those rumors. No, that's not going to happen. I'm glad Rogers is staying with. Uh, but you Pat, don't think but you don't think Russ is working out with Denver? You don't think that's going to work out? I don't. I don't. I don't because I'm a I'm a huge, huge Ram fan since the third grade, and I watched my biggest rival. And that was him. And I think Russ Wilson is great. But and I know he's got a great system over there. I mean I mean they got they got everything hooked up over there. There's no doubt about it. But I'm just wondering if he's actually early enough to have picked up the pieces because I think he's well, passed his time a little bit. I well, just don't see him flopping out beautiful eighty yard passes, you know, down yeah, the sideline. I just we'll don't see, see that man. I appreciate anymore. you checking in, Steve. I I think it's gonna work out fine. I think Russell Wilson still has many, many top notch years left ahead of him. And I think it is comparable to Stafford going to the the Rams. Now from this perspective, it's not like Russ left Detroit. Like, you know, that's not the comparison, but for Russ to go to a team 
that has a very talented roster in Denver that just didn't have a quarterback. Uh, Jared Goff, to be fair with the Rams, was better than what the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning has retired. But Matthew Stafford was a significant step up. There's no doubt about that from Jared Goff. And there's also no doubt that Denver is upgrading significantly with Russ compared to the quarterbacks that they had after Peyton Manning. So I think it's going to work out. Now, what um, what qualifies as working out, right? It depends on your definition. Is working out getting to the playoffs and making noise once there? Yeah, I think that's going to work out. Is it winning a Super Bowl where it's like doing the exact same thing that Peyton Manning did or bust? I, I don't know. I don't know if Russ wins it all in Denver. I think he's got a great shot to do it. I think that they've uh, had a, a very good defense for a long time now. I don't see them taking a step back, even without Vic Fangio. They've still got a lot of playmakers over there. They've uh, uh, devoted a lot of assets. And Bradley Chubb's a top five guy. Still a very good defender. Uh, we'll see what happens with Von Miller, if he's back there or not. He's kind of teasing a potential return. Uh, you get the stud quarterback cornerback out of Alabama, Patrick Sertan, and he looks to be a stud for a long time, so... Add Russ to that? Yeah, I think it's going to work out. I just, I, I don't know why. There, there's a little bit too much Russ skepticism for my taste right now. Um, but make no mistake, I agree with the caller on this. That QB market is drying up. You still have a lot of teams that have a desperate need for a quarterback. Free agency, it stinks right now. I'm hearing names like Mariota and Trubisky. <laughs> like, boy, What? Uh, so it's really down to Jimmy G trading for him or playing the lottery, drafting one of these quarterbacks that's not as highly sought after as other drafts. That's, that's not a great place to be. We'll get back to, out to the calls here momentarily, but uh, Kevin Figures is with us. And our main man, he's got a sports update. I want to put pressure on you, K-Fig. All right. He's got a sports update for the ages right here. For the ages. That's right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. LeBron James is on a bit of a run for the ages, two of the last three games. 50 points for a 37-year-old. Not too shabby, right? 18 to 25 shooting. Pretty impressive. Uh, they defeat the Washington Wizards, the Lakers do, 122 to 109. John Morant scored 37 points, 15 of those in the fourth quarter, leading Memphis over the New York Knicks. Spurs victory over Utah, giving Greg Popovich sole possession of most regular season wins by a head coach. Gary Trent Jr., 42 points, leading the Raptors to an upset win over the Phoenix Suns. Celtics defeating Detroit for their fifth consecutive victory. Luka Doncic scored 30 for the Mavericks as they beat Houston. NFL News Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson will not be charged criminally for allegations of sexual assault. However, civil suits are still pending. Raiders signing Pro Bowl defensive end Max Crosby to a four-year contract extension. College basketball, San Diego State defeated Colorado State. They will take on Boise for the Mountain West Championship tonight. Wins in the Pac-12 for UCLA and Arizona. They will play for the Pac-12 title. ACC wins for Duke and Virginia Tech. Villanova and Creighton will play for the Big East crown. While in the Big 12, Kansas will take on Texas Tech. Second-ranked Auburn was upset in the SEC tournament by Texas A&M. Back to Brian O. Man, you think about this QB market, KFIG, and uh, it's just so interesting. It's drying up really fast. Right. Yet you still have Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. lurking out there, you know, like a, a potential fit for your team if you want to trade for him. So I just think about it like this. What if there's a team that says it's musical chairs, right? We can't have nobody at quarterback. What if the Steelers get antsy and say we can't have Mason Rudolph and they they make a move for Jimmy G mm-hmm. 
and then all of a sudden Deshaun Watson becomes available. And it's going to cost you a ton more, but can you imagine a GM saying, gosh, if we didn't trade for Jimmy G, we could be players for Deshaun Watson right now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the problem is how long are you willing to wait this Deshaun Watson situation out? That's yeah. what makes it so interesting. Yeah. You can only wait for so long. You got the draft coming up here pretty soon. I don't know how soon the resolution is going to be with the depositions for the, for the civil cases for Deshaun Watson. Uh, but, you know, obviously they're hoping that it's sooner than later. But if and when that gets cleared out, and obviously you want justice to prevail one way or the other, whatever it may be. But in, if you're assuming that he finds a way to, you know, get his name cleared completely, yeah. then all bets are off. And we were talking about the, the arms race in the AFC West. How about Deshaun Watson going to the Raiders in some sort of trade and Derek Whoa. Carr moving out? Can you imagine yeah. Deshaun Watson in that division? Those oh, quarterbacks? That's the other part is for the Texans – they obviously don't want to trade them to someone in the AFC. But what if the AFC team gives you a lot more in compensation than an NFC team? Absolutely. You know, then what do you do? Right. I mean, unless I mean, you don't want to trade them within your division, number one. So, right. you know, know that Indianapolis has a hole there. People are talking about Deshaun Watson going to the Colts. I, I don't see that happening in any right. way, shape, or form. I don't either. But yeah. in conference, it's definitely possible. By the way, yeah. Deshaun Watson to the Raiders, I don't think it's happening. Mark Davis uh, passed down from his father, Al Davis, even with just allegations and no charges. Uh, very, very, very strict against allegations of uh, sexual assault and harassment. So I think it will be highly unlikely that the Raiders will be interested in Watson. But it's an interesting thought experiment. Just yeah. Imagining him in that division with Herbert and Russell Wilson, you know, then the, Patrick Mahomes, the star power that would all oh. be in one division at the same time. Probably something yeah. that's never been seen in the NFL before. I think even right now you could make the argument sure. there hasn't been a better QB division. Yeah. But just think of the top three. Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. I think all three of those guys could be first ballot Hall of Famers. I think two are a lot. Two already are, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Justin Herbert is trending that way. And Derek Carr as the the ugly duckling, I guess. Like you could do a lot worse than Derek Carr as the worst quarterback in your division. Just in general too, like the AFC is getting so unbelievably stacked. Just on like big name talent, not just quarterback, like Khalil Mack, I think, is going to the AFC. Yep. Going like to the Chargers. I, I'm not saying the NFC is like the Eastern Conference in the NBA <laughs> right, about right, like right. you know uh, yeah. circa a few years ago, but after like Aaron Rodgers, the second best quarterback now in the NFC is probably Matthew Stafford. Yeah, depends on how you feel about him versus Dak Prescott, but Matthew Stafford has the Super Bowl ring now, so yeah, maybe like, some of the shine is off of Kyler Murray to a certain degree. Right? Yeah, I yeah. think some of the drama kind of like and you know how he's performed in these playoffs has kind of put a mark on his name there, but like that's your top quarterback class in yeah. the in the By NFC the way, versus all of these monsters that are now in the AFC. If you extend that in the NFC top five, Kirk Cousins has you to have be to in include the top Kirk five. Cousins your top five. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not good. No. Yeah. By the way, K Fig, I've got a, a brain teaser for you here. Ooh, okay. okay. So I mentioned you might want to bet all of the money you've ever made in your life against the Portland Trail Blazers, okay? All right. So I've, I've checked the betting lines here. What do you think of this? Maybe don't bet every dollar, every cent you've ever made in your life. Just most of them. Gotcha. Yeah, just, just maybe most of them. So Anthony Simons, who's one of their only remaining good players mm-hmm. that's moderately healthy, he's out for another week or two with a knee injury, okay? Yep. So I mentioned you might want to bet everything against the Blazers. So for... Just to throw it out there, information-wise, 
Portland has been outscored by 156 points in their last five games. That's the worst five-game span in NBA history by point differential. Okay, that's just in the rearview mirror. They were 19-and-a-half-point dogs against the Jazz a couple of nights ago. They lost by 38. Yeah. I think they've, they've given up getting... 120 points in like seven or eight straight games or something crazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They've been getting rolled. Yeah. So, Saturday night, Portland hosts the Washington Wizards. Oh. The Wiz are favored by seven. Seven? And this is the second night of a back-to-back, right? The Wiz just gave up 50 to LeBron alone yep. and lost to the Lakers. Now they got to play a back-to-back over there in the Pacific Northwest. What do you think about laying the seven and going with Coos and the Wiz? <sighs> <laughs> That's difficult. All right. That's difficult. Like if you if you wanted me to go out, outright on the money line, I'll take yeah. Washington all day long. But uh-huh. you want me to give me minus the seven? Yeah. I mean, these are just two dog, you know what, teams at this moment. I I don't know. I think I'm taking the more conservative approach. I think I'm staying away from this one. You're gonna stay away. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I'm me the, do, if it has to be the if it has to be the minus seven, I think I'm staying away from it. I I just don't think the value isn't where you want it. Yeah. You're at minus three oh five. That's what you gotta you gotta lay it like, right. You gotta lay a lot to win a little. Yeah. Not and, worth it. Uh, with the whiz, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna stick to my guns here. I'm gonna scale back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna bet every cent if I was able to bet right now. On the the Blazers, I've given up betting until uh, Easter here, um, but I am. I would bet on the Wiz minus seven. I wouldn't go large, but I still I would lay the seven. Portland is a G League team. Even playing at home against the Wiz, I would lay the seven. Yeah, almost quite literally a G League team if you look at the roster. To be honest with you, so. yeah, bro, it's freaking brutal where they're at right now. No doubt. All right, coming up next, we close it down in style. I get to the calls eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. If you're on hold, stay there. I'll get to you. And uh, I'll give you a rapid fire. One of the things that is uh, changing, I don't like that it's gone. I'm not going to go kicking and screaming into the night. And then I got to give you at least three of my top five albums. I can't crutch the numbers on the fly quickly enough, but I'll give you three. That's on the way. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Brian Nope here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, this April 28th through the 30th, Vegas will be hosting the 2022 draft. And the best part is now through March 13th. Think about that. That's tomorrow. Better act quick. We're giving away a trip for two to be a part of the energy and excitement. That's right. You and a lucky person of your choosing can win a trip to Las Vegas during draft weekend, April 28th through the 30th. It's sponsored by the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. The prize package includes round-trip airfare to Vegas, a hotel stay on the Strip, access to Fox Sports Radio's draft broadcast, and more. To enter and get the rules, visit foxsportsradio.com. That's foxsportsradio.com to win a trip to Vegas during draft weekend. There you go. Okay, real quick thought, and I'll get to the calls here. Uh, MLB, they tweaked the postseason format here. There'll be 12 teams, obviously six in each uh, conference, right? Or league. Goodness, I'm in football mode. <laughs> in each league, you get six teams. The thing that I dislike, I'm not going to go kicking and screaming into the night. 
I liked the one car, the one game wild card game. Right? It was just immediate. It was the one thing in baseball that was quick, fast. You win this one game, you move on. You don't see you. Have a have a nice off season. A lot of people disliked it. And this is me as a Cardinals fan. I love the St. Louis Cardinals. They lost their wild card game against the Dodgers in heartbreaking fashion last year. A Chris Taylor walk-off home run. I still liked the one game wild card. And now it's replaced by a best of three first round series. I mean, I get it. More money. I understand that. But uh, I did like the one game deal. I think I was in the minority there. One other thing is uh, there will they'll actually be using tiebreakers this time. This was stupid to me. You play 162 games, and then if you had the same record, they're like, well, I guess we have to play game number 163 here. It's like, no, you should have tiebreakers. That's what they're going to have going forward. There will be a tiebreaker system, so no, no one game, no additional game to break a tie. They'll just break it based on who fared which way, who fared better in the regular season. It's a welcome change right there. All right, we get to the calls here. Let's go to uh, Mitchell. He's in Ohio. What's going on, Mitch? Welcome to Fox Sports Radio. Hey, what's up, Brian? Fighting the snow, buddy, trying to deliver papers. <laughs> oh, man. The snow sucks. Fighting the good fight right there, for sure. Yeah. Uh, on that name thing you were talking about, I thought I'd heard you use this before, but maybe you were saying nobody that I misunderstood, but I always liked uh, nobody's. Okay, so you, you you flip it there. No bodies? Now, why would you go to, to the no bodies? How does that represent the uh, the listeners out there? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's basically the same thing, I guess, as the buddies. <laughs> it's just, you know, like the Valor Militia? He's calling them a militia. Uh-huh. You're calling your callers a bunch of nobodies. Not that you're trying to be mean, just... <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't think it, I don't think it works, Mitchell. I don't think so, man. But uh, hey, uh, have a good morning delivering the papers, man. We appreciate what you do out there for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't want to badmouth the the callers, right? I think no buddies works better because like you're a friend of the show. But uh, the no buddies, the no bodies, yeah, just uh, or the, how about know. the no buddies? That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what it used to be. Oh, okay, okay. I, yeah, I didn't, a little I, late, a little late here. No, I, I didn't. I didn't catch up on the double entendre going on there. Yeah, it's. Yep. All right, we got Ken in Michigan. Ken, what's going on, man? Uh, how you doing, uh, uh, Brian? No. Uh, how about no, 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 no? I don't smoke it no more for us recovering people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little long. It's a working title, though, Ken. I appreciate the uh, the two cents there, though. Deshaun Watson to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you think about that, Brian? It could happen. It very well could. That would extend their window by a lot of years. And uh, you talk about firepower. they got a lot of talent. That would be an amazing landing spot for Deshaun, and I think that would be great for Tampa. So, yeah, we'll see, man. That could be Just a spot. one more thing. For your albums, you better put Led Zeppelin four on there, my friend. Okay, I appreciate the, uh, the suggestion there, Ken. All right, here's what I'm going to do, Chris. I can commit to two of the five right now. All right, All right, we got a minute to go. Let's go. Okay. These are the essentials for me, right? And uh, people that like metal. Uh, and these are, again, my personal top five albums. I can give you two. I go Master of Puppets by Metallica. I Justin, knew it. 
I should have asked you which Metallica album you thought I would go with. I thought you were going to. It was either Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets. I couldn't decide. I got to go Puppets. It's just an all-time classic album. And uh, I don't think there's anything I fast forward on that album. You know? Everything's good on that. And it's got to be Vulgar Display of Power by Pantera. Has to be. Those are two of the essentials. Now, maybe we got to commit to like a t- come back next week, a full top 10. Yeah. <laughs> just tease it top throughout 10? the show. Oh, my top gosh. five, top 10, like just spread it throughout the show. Yeah. I think I'm going to get to the top five. I can't pull the trigger on which Slayer album I'm going to choose. Love Lamb of God. Or I don't know which there. album there. Like, There's a lot of homework to be done here, but I will. I'll commit to puppets and vulgar. There you go. Everybody have a great morning. We'll catch you next week. And listen on Saturday, too.